You're listening to the Binge Media Podcast Network on BingeMedia.net. And now, the Binge Cast. Where's the littlest son we have who's been coming on things? Abraham, let me ask you a question. Do you know what really happens when a boy does the stuff to himself to, to make the cum stuff into the underwear? When those hands of yours touch your privates, an alarm goes off in heaven. Okay? And every loved one you've ever known that's dead, they are alerted, they float to where you are, they join hands, and they watch you be dirty to yourself. Like Grandma? Yeah, she watches. Great-granddaddy Roy, great-grandmama, even some relatives you've never even met before, like ancient ones from the Revolutionary War times. Ghosts that will watch you and, and, and be ashamed of, of what you're doing to yourself, of, of how you're being dirty and, and provocative to, uh, to your private parts. The program for this evening is not new. You've seen this entertainment through and through. You've seen your birth, your life and death. You might recall all of the rest. Did you have a good world when you died? Enough to base the movie on? Okay, Derek, you ready? Yeah, I was born ready, Nick. Let's go, man. Derek Diggler demo. Keep the vocals up. You got the touch. Take seven. Your partner plan on making Deadwood Marshal. Do not try for this scaffold. That's a deal, you loudmouth cocksucker. It's a motherfucking binge cast. Scouts is a cocksucker. Record every fucking Saturday night. It's a motherfucking binge cast. I know you'll see to their interest. Yes, I will, you cocksucker. The booze has fucking stretched out the run time. Motherfucking AP. Nathaniel John Jr. Peterson of the British Isles. Missed him since he called it lost time. Correct. Motherfucking bitch cast. That limey cocksucker. Won't you fucking listen sometime? Double crossing cocksucker. No, Garrett don't like this song. Four out of ten. Just like Gammon can't put down the bomb. We only have just like law pissing on himself. I know it's alright. Equally, just about being non equal. Motherfucking bitch cast. Are you clever cocksucker? It's a motherfucking bitch cast. And fuck us all anyway for the limber dick cocksuckers we are. Cocksucker! Yeah, I'm glad I tell you that fucking word. Ooh, welcome everybody to the binge cast. I am Jack. I work for bingemedia.net. I've got the reins, and I'm joined today by one of my favorite people on the site, uh, co-host of Movie Homework, uh, main subject of the Binge uh, binge Views show. We got Chad C. here. What's going on, man? Hey, fella. How's it going, man? It's all right. It's all right. It's, it, you and I, it's been a while. It's been a while. We've been mulling over yeah. this Movie Homework revival, but I just, I can't fucking... I can't fucking crack the code of what it needs to be yet. It's not ready, you know? We can't just go back and do the same shit over and over again. We do, do, do something new, blaze a new trail. I haven't figured it out yet, but... Right. It's workshopping it still. Workshopping it. But I think, yeah, we did a show in the spring, right? Bingecast, yeah. probably. Yeah, yep, probably absolutely. the last time. Absolutely. Yeah. We're due. That's right. I mean, not that we're not in regular contact with one another. It is the NFL season, and as such, we've got the Binge League. You and I are in another league together... The fucking shit talking and bullshit never ends. So mm, uh, very much, yeah. very much so. Yeah, a lot of a lot of fun. Uh, Chad, tonight I have decided. So so this is a little bit of a story, but uh, I don't want to brag. But I was in somebody's wedding earlier this year. Okay, oh. and um, 
the the gift for the groomsmen was a six month subscription to Bespoke Post. Okay, now okay. I'm not a big subscription box kind of guy, but you know, uh, this was a gift. I figured I'd try it out, and uh, it's pretty cool. Throughout the first few months, got it, got a like a hatchet. Um, I got a great overnight bag, um, a few other things, and this one thing that came in last month, I got a cask for aging spirits. Um, so I set the thing up. I did all the curing, the, the, uh, hydrating of it, cleaned it out as best as I could flush the wood chips out, all that stuff. And I actually aged a cask of bullet bourbon for about a week and a half. And, uh, that's what I'm drinking tonight. And it's very interesting. Let me tell you that much. You definitely taste a barrel. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. So it's it just def- the it's not the rides, the just the bullet bourbon. Just the regular bullet bourbon. It's okay. it was one of those things. It was what I had on the shelf, and I sure. didn't know if this was the right thing to try it with. But just you know, I, I figured I'd do a little before and after. And uh, yeah, it definitely has uh, has something else going on there. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's what I got going on tonight. What are you drinking? Anything Very interesting? Nice. Well, about halfway through a Red Bull vodka to start off here. Got to wake the fuck up, and then uh, I've got some some Oktoberfest waiting. Tis the season, so sure. I'll be cracking into those after this. Uh, it's actually the Lollapalooza 2018 pint glass drinking out of right now. So. Ah, that's a classic. I got a couple memories. of those kicking around. It's the best. All the memories. Yep. Um, yeah, so it is October. Obviously, uh, Oktoberfest brings up Halloween and everybody's fucking spooky season. You know. Um, <laughs> Love Halloween season. I, I don't I don't know many people who don't. Uh, gives you an excuse to watch more horror movies than normal. Uh, that little bit of chill in the air around these parts is nice. You know, the uh, the walk outside with a sweatshirt on. You get that nice kind of crisp breeze going on. It's not so cold that it's killing you. Um, but, but, yeah, anything in particular you're doing uh, this time of year that uh, gets you in the spirit of things? Uh, I mean, just the basic stuff. You named mo- most of it. I mean, yeah, football season, chili season, bonfire season, yeah. you know, just, yeah, horror movies late at night. It, it is the best. It's my favorite season for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, just just everything everything about it, I'm, I, I'm a fan of. So just the usual, the usual stuff going through my, my horror, trying to keep up with these commentaries that we're putting out currently. Yep. Going, yep. going wild, 31 horror commentaries. So Yeah, 31 days of commentaries. What a feat. My God. Uh, and I feel bad because this time of year, I always get behind on podcasts because of the, uh, well, again, it's, it's the fucking football season. It's all the fantasy football and all that bullshit. Um, so I've only gotten through, I think, the fir- the hereditary commentary. But a listener happened to ping me and he said, listen, you got to grab some stuff from the Night of the Living Dead episode. So naturally, I was like, I only have a day, but I got to listen to this. And let me tell you, Jim Law, Jim Law has a good time on that commentary. Have you listened to this yet? <laughs> I have not gotten around to it yet. Nope. All right, let me uh, let me give you a little taste here. Here's Night of the Living Dead commentary featuring uh, Pete MC and Jim Law. I love to be attacked by a bunch of kid zombies so I can just beat the living fuck out of them. <laughs> Killed so many white people. He's like, uh, let me go to my safe space. He deserves everything he got in his life. <laughs> oh, no. Slurring. Slurring bad. So uh, if you're interested in the 31 Days of Horror commentaries, uh, make sure that you're subscribed over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash binge media. Five bucks a month. 
gets you the full binge, which actually this week we will not have a full binge. This is your entire binge cast, Chad and I. But um, normally, full binge, and you're getting the remainder of the 31 days of horror commentaries. So make sure you go subscribe. Again, for the cost of, uh, I don't know, maybe a really fancy coffee or at least a beer and a half at the bar, uh, you get some solid content every week from Binge Media. So make sure you go and do that. Follow us on Facebook, Patreon, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Binge Media. Um, all right, man. Well, we have a ton of reviews to get into. Um, I don't know. Do you want to go? Uh, you want to go straight into a little, uh, little, little voicemail here? We, we looks like we have some voicemails. You want to hit that? Let's do it. All right. Now, Jayla, are you pissing in this one? Tell us, did you burp up a lung? Peter, are you drinking some Palmer's? I'm waiting. You fucking drunks. Binges can leave. A motherfucking goon. Fucking goon. 7 That one's underrated. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Great. Fantastic. Uh, so good. All right, so we have five voicemails. I have no idea what order they came in. I don't have numbers here. All I have are MP3 files. So here's the first one. Hey, guys. It's Alex. I'll call in with a pretty simple, straightforward comic book question. Uh, so thinking about all the comic book movies, all the Marvel movies, and uh, everything that's Marvel is fair game in this question. Uh, what's a superhero that you have not seen in any Marvel TV show, any Marvel movie? We're including the X-Men, too, stuff like that. Uh, character you haven't seen that you want to see, that you're missing out on. Um, I'd love to say Havoc from the X-Men, but unfortunately, he was a minor character in one of those X-Men redos. So I'm going to have to go with my boy, Obscure as Hell. But he had his own comic book. His name's Quasar. Quasar's kind of like Captain Marvel, but like maybe a little bit lamer, but <laughs> had less cancer. So, all right, who you guys got? And if you want to veer into DC, you can. Let's not go into any, uh, you know, image or any other garbage. Dark Horse. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, all right, so I am not a comic book reader. For going way back, so I'm I, my all my comic books have come from like movies that have been made about them. Um, I might not be the best person to ask, but I, you know what? I, here's what I can give you: it's not going to be Marvel, it's going to be DC, and it's going to be a Batman villain. But I really would like to see them do Deacon Blackfire. Um, are you familiar with Deacon Blackfire at all? I'm not. Okay, so. I think there's a decent chance he shows up in a Matt Reeves Batman movie just because of the like the groundedness of the story I'm thinking of. But one of the great Batman graphic novels that I found around the time The Dark Knight came out is called The Cult. And I think Nolan, he borrowed a little bit from The Cult for Dark Knight Rises. Um, there's some imagery in it that's like right out of... Uh, in the movie, that's right out of The Cult. But basically it opens up with this... Uh, Deacon Blackfire has captured Batman and... He's trying to, like, psychologically torture him. And the idea is that Blackfire has used the homeless in Gotham City to rise up against the the wealthy in the middle class. Um, 
I don't know exactly when this story was written, but it felt really relevant at the time that I read it. Seems like it still would be pretty relevant and, and a good uh, villain to go after. And I think one of the defining things about this particular story, too, was that Blackfire didn't give a fuck about who Batman was. He wasn't trying to, like, figure out that, you know, he was Bruce Wayne or whatever. He literally was just trying to win him over to his cause using, you know, like, uh, coercion of the masses and, like, fucked up religion. Um, I would like to see that. That's that's the only one that comes to mind, though. I mean, for me, it's probably going to be other Batman villains, but mm. I, I don't know. No, Anybody you could think of offhand? No, no Clayface, Jack? <sighs> I mean, Clayface is interesting, too. I, honestly, I was he, he came up, but I just don't know enough about him or, like, how they could do it with the, the yeah, type of Batman be, that I so, like. Yeah, it'd be so hard to translate to a, like a, a movie to take serious, I think. Yeah, um, like if, if Clayface was like a Guardians villain, I'd, I'd want him in the next movie. Oh, but, yeah, that would be cool. See, yeah. I think like Better A Bill in Marvel, I think yeah. he's always kind of cool. I think you could throw him in maybe like a, a Guardians type movie. Omega sure. Red for X-Men, I think it was always a cool character too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Marvel vs. Capcom too, he was in as well. <laughs> I don't know, those are, those are two that just stand out that I've never seen in an actual... Uh, theatrical film yet but uh yeah that's probably where be where i would go but yeah i I like a lot of the batman villains too many like from like the animated show that's where clayface came to mind but yeah okay so here's here's a question going off of keen's question then so i think i already have an answer for this but is there a particular superhero movie that you're kind of just like waiting for say the mcu to like sweep up and and make like the good version of or like one that was fucked up the first time, but you're kind of hoping somebody can take another crack at it and get it right. I mean, it would probably just go to like, I guess it would fall in the Fantastic Four realm because I think the Silver Surfer is a really cool character. Yeah. And I think if he's done right in a movie, it could be really awesome. With, of course, with Galactus, I mean, obviously you can't make a movie with Silver Surfer without Galactus. But mm. yeah, I, that would probably be where I would lean as far as like a reboot because we've not had a good Fantastic Four movie yet. The yeah, the the Josh Trank version, and then the uh, yeah Jessica Alba, Chris Evans. Those were all really really rough movies, but yeah, yeah I'd probably I, lean in that direction. I, I was not an Agents of Shield guy. I know that this character pops up in there, so I I, I might be talking out of my ass, but I, I would just like to see like a legitimate Ghost Rider movie. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. It just seems like a really cool property that. I don't know the prospect like maybe the second one was kind of fun just because Nick Cage is a little crazier than he was in the first but those those movies are, are not like they're not really any they're not nothing memorable like you would think no. a movie where you have a CGI skeleton on fire on a fucking motorcycle would have like one cool scene but there's just nothing in those movies that works. yeah but. I never even watched the second one. <laughs> Spirit of Vengeance or whatever it was called. Yeah. I mean, the only fun thing about the second one, I think it was like Kieran Hines, but he's he's the devil or or something. I kind of remember Mm -hmm. that being fun, but, you know, nothing nothing you need to go back and check out. Interesting. All right, Keen. Thanks. Uh, All right. We've got another voicemail. Let's see what this is. Hey, Chad. Hey, Jack. I want you guys back. Oh, shit. I just finished listening to uh, Night of the Living Dead commentary. (laughs) One... uh, relatively sober Pete with one oh my god have you ever been to the Trump before Jim Law um, <laughs> if you ever listen to a certain show you remember Jeff the Drunk Jim Law this is your Jeff the Drunk moment because the last 45 minutes of this commentary I have never heard someone kick up or imitate Jeff the Drunk more in his life I especially love your idea of a, a zombie movie where you're 
you're, you're killing you're killing kid zombies just because it's the only reason you can get away with killing kids is because they're <laughs> zombies and you can get away with it. <laughs> so, uh, if anybody hasn't listened to it, it's on the it's on the free bench, right? Right? I don't know. Uh, right. Hopefully, Jack. Hopefully, Jack can play some clips from it. But right. it's uh, it's pretty precious. All right, guys. Have a good show. Stay stinky. I love to be attacked by a bunch of kid zombies so I can just beat the living fuck out of them. <laughs> and you can hear that on the Night of the Living Dead commentary <laughs> right now on the free binge feed. <laughs> Fucking love law. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> All right. Next voicemail. Here we go. What's up, Binge Dad? It is Warren from Jersey. Uh, just wanted to do a little update from New York Comic Con. So much bigger and uh, more organized than last year for obvious reasons. But a uh, lot more shit going on here uh, from a cosplay standpoint. Some pretty good stuff. A lot of uh, Stranger Things. Eddie, <clears throat> some had working guitars, which was pretty cool. Uh, some legit good stuff from the anime side. A lot of Hashira from Demon Slayer. I know none of you fucking care about that shit. Um, I am going to call back. I usually do a little recap. I know Law likes that. So I'll do a little recap, but I imagine I'm going to call after you guys record this week's episode. It might be a next week's episode. So otherwise, have a great show tonight. And I might call back with some reviews as I've been watching some stuff. All right. Have a great night. Later, guys. All right. Warren, promising a wrap-up of New York City Comic Con. Uh, All right. Well, let's see what the next voicemail gives us. What up, Indie Boys? Adam, come to say hey. How's it going? Great show. Um, lots TV back. Happy to be watching. Uh, House of the Dragon. Gotta say, you know, a little up and down and stuff, but I found the first season of Game of Thrones just a slow King's Road slog uh, to get through, where I'm really enjoying House quite a bit. Uh, there was a little, the time jump, a little funky. Seems like a lot of info happened that they just dropped. Like, really could have used a montage to, to explain everybody and, uh, you know, what went on and such. But absolutely digging the show, loving my dragons. So, you know, huge, huge man-ups uh, to those. Those of you on the, the commentaries, amazing job. Love listening to those the next day. So if you ever need a third or someone to fill in, holler at your boy. Then uh, the other great stuff is back. I love having Archer back. Uh, missed. That show, absolutely fantastic. It seems back to the old high-quality Archer of seasons like two and three. Same with Rick and Morty. Um, you know, season started out with a like a direct sequel episode, which they almost never do, but just high quality for uh, for Rick and Morty. Sucks that we only get ten, then they disappear for a year or so. But so much good TV back. Happy to happy to be watching. Um, I know Interview the Vampire starts this week. Anybody that's interested in that uh, long-form series as opposed to the two-hour movie, no TC this time. Sorry, Pete, but really interested to see what they're going to do, modernizing it a little bit. So we will see. All right, boys, amazing show. Let's go, Eagles. Talk to you later. Uh, okay, okay, we got it. We got it. You're a fucking Eagles fan, all right? <laughs> Jesus. He's, he's got to celebrate, you know? He's got it, yeah. Best team in football, all that stuff. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, he brought up some stuff in there. Um, interview with the Vampire. I did not have time to get to that this week. Um, it is kind of on my radar, and I know that AMC has, is kind of like they're in the Anne Rice business now because I believe a, a, some either some footage or, or maybe some stills came out for 
the Mayfair Witches, which is another Anne Rice uh, novel or series, I guess, uh, coming out in oh. January. But um, okay. yeah, I, I did see some pretty good write-ups for Interview with the Vampire, so I, I do want to get that in sometime soon. Um, just didn't have time for it this week. But is that is that of interest to you at all? Do you give a shit about that property? Yeah, yeah. I, it's on the docket. I wouldn't watch it too. Uh, I like the movie enough. I don't, I don't yeah. love the movie, but yeah, it looks interesting and getting good word of mouth. It seems like. Uh, yeah, he brought up Rick and Morty. Are you are you watching Rick and Morty this season? I am. I am. Uh, I know you and I were texting back and forth about what we were watching. I totally forgot that I'm also watching that. So I'm, I, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Okay. Well, I, I'm I'm a slacker. I'm not. I'm not caught up at all. So I've yeah. I'm behind. I'm Fair waiting enough. to binge it. So Fair enough. We will. Uh, we will. We will be chatting, as the kids say. So. Um, all right. Last voicemail. This looks like uh, almost three minutes here. So here we go. Whoa. Hey, bitch boys. This is your friendly neighborhood bunch. Nice. Calling in. Saying, hey, uh, really good watches this week that I'm happy about. First, I know not everybody's down with it and don't know when my last Goog went through. So if I'm doubling up, sorry, but it's a different week for me. <laughs> Vacation time. Uh, She-Hulk, episode eight. So it's the, uh, the Steely Dan episode. Mm. And this is the one where some stuff finally happens and some cameos that have been teased for a very long time finally break through. Um, I'm down with the show in a big bad way. It's fun. Um, it's silly. It's got some, some you know, cares and some action when it needs to. Uh, I've never known Tatiana Maslany from anything, but she is fucking astounding. And uh, I got to find a way to watch Orphan Black because it's not on any streaming service or on TV anywhere. So that sucks. But I'm down for more. Uh, but huge, huge fantasy Hulk in this episode really sets up the finale uh, in a pretty big bad way. And House of the Dragon, um, whatever the most current episode is. I think it's episode eight also. Dude, finally, this is an episode where the the game, the, the thrones, the intrigue, like everything just, just comes to fruition. Um, and damn, I mean, we get, we get a hand, um, without it being overplayed, um, of what's going on there and, Everything going on with Alicent and the boys and Rhaenyra and the boys and husbands and everything. Like this episode is kind of just a culmination of everything I've wanted so far. And I've enjoyed this series huge up to this point. But this episode, yeah, just big time. I've read online complaints about the darkness of it. I didn't get any of that, but it could be because I'm watching it in a black, <laughs> blacked out hotel room at like five in the morning on a phone where I can adjust my screen. But this episode was just intrigue and action and everything. And it shows that, you know, maybe more so than the other series, this one can stand on its own without graphic violence and titties, you know, being the driving factor, but still have it there when it needs. But this episode shows the best of what it can be with some amazing actors and writings. So all in on House of the Dragon. All right. Hope everybody's enjoying. Don't forget Archer and uh, Rick and Morty. Just amazing animation out there as well. Glad it's back this season, and they're almost over already, which kind of sucks. But all right, loving the commentaries. You know, are freaking amazing. Everybody, get on that Patreon. The boys deserve it. All right, talk to you later. Peace out. All right, bunch throwing his hat in the ring on She-Hulk. Uh, we will be talking about She-Hulk in a little bit, so uh, stay tuned for that. But 
Uh, yeah, all right. A lot of good stuff. House of the Dragon. You know, this week we uh, we actually did not have a House of the Dragon commentary because schedules did not permit. Um, but you're uh, you're on that, right, Chad? Absolutely loving it. Yep. All right, all right. So we'll uh, we'll get into that in a second here, which uh, I think we're we're ready for some TV roundup. You, uh, you you feeling it? You feeling it right now? I'm I'm so feeling it. All right, so feeling it. Time for TV roundup. We got some shows for you to see. It. You see answer. Dick told me to watch this fucking show and I don't think I'll make it to the end. Well, the story's kind of dumb and the characters are scum. Wanna put my ball sack on their forehead. Well, the beers are flowing, then they don't stop flowing. I'll rewatch Iron Man because the show is boring. It didn't make sense. Fucking hate this show. I'll tap out now before I get old. So many shows, so much to see. So it's possible that the shitty. Well, that's a short one. <laughs> is it really TV round of time? Is the tap out button making noise tonight? Is it really TV round of time? Cause if my eyes don't deceive me, there's something worth tapping out here. Alright. Alright. TV roundup. Um, alright, I feel like we've got we've got a lot in here. Um Chad, why don't you uh, why don't you kick us off here? What what do you got? I think I just have what one that you don't have. So yeah. Uh, the patient is what the seventh episode uh, has aired now. Yeah, this is ten episode Hulu show. Don't uh, Donald Gleason and Steve Carell. Uh, do you know anything about this at all? Very little. I know what the poster looks like. I know those guys are in it. I don't know what it is. Yeah, so Steve Carell plays a therapist who uh, starts seeing this patient, uh, Donald Gleason. His name is Sam, and uh, you get the. Over the course of the season, you understand that his wife has recently passed. Uh, Steve Carell's the therapist, and he's dealing with that. But this new patient he has kidnaps him, and uh, he's a, a killer. So he is wanting him to help him stop doing this. So he chains him in his basement, and uh, yeah, it really goes from there. Uh, I'm really, really enjoying this show. It is yeah, seven episodes deep. Uh, it is it's. The one thing I really like about this show, which is another series on Hulu earlier this season, The Bear, uh, another drama, it, it any other network, I feel like they would be dragging this out to hour-long episodes. This is a quick 19 to 22-minute episode uh, each episode, which okay. is fantastic. So it's really just like getting to – it's not dragging anything out. It's really very cut and dry of what's going on here, and the performances are fantastic. Uh, I would say, yeah, I would definitely recommend this show to uh, – everyone because it's it's really really good so far and we've got three episodes left um yeah patient watch the patient excellent can you um i know you, you just brought up a comparison um 
lengthwise to the bear. But is this show like anything? Like, like what would you compare it to in terms of like tone or style? Because I, I guess the one thing I'm not sure about here is there are so many shows out right now. Mm-hmm. It's I, I like both these actors, but it's like it's kind of tough for something to like rise above the others for something for me to throw on right now, you know? Um, sure. What, what, what's the, what's the vibe in this? Like, is it, is it like Fincher-esque or is it, I don't know. Where, where is it? Where's the fact? Um, not really Fincher-esque. It's, I mean, there's not a lot of, this is very much a drama. There's really not any comedy at all. Like it's, it's okay. a very kind of, it's a very bleak story and it's really, uh, Carell dealing with his demons too um, while he's in this basement really reflecting how he's going to talk this guy out of murdering people and uh, I don't know it's a good I don't know if you can really compare this to to anything uh, interesting okay it, it kind of stands on its own I feel like okay. but um, yeah really enjoying it it's Joel Fields and Joseph Weisberg the creators they haven't really done a lot of other things but right. uh, yeah very well written very looks like they were yeah the producers on the Americans and stuff but yeah, I, I I would highly recommend. Oh, they did Fosse Verdon. Okay, they did an episode of that in some oh, of the Americans. Okay. So yeah, there's a lot a lot of TV work they've done. But uh, yeah, really digging the show. I appreciate the 20 minute episodes. Way quicker to plow through each week. Nice, so, yeah. very nice. And then right. I mean, Ink Master watching that as well. But yeah, mm. that's just a reality tattoo show. So uh, other than that, yeah, that's we. I think we have all the same shit. And then you've got a lot more than me for TV. So. All right, yeah. So, for whatever reason, this week I, I was able to get through a lot of stuff. Um, I think most of it is worth bringing up, but uh, yeah. So, so a couple documentary series. Uh, first up, seems like HBO and Hulu. They are just like this is just catnip for for I guess subscribers to those services. Um, yeah, obviously, like Netflix kind of opened the floodgates on this shit, but man, it seems like every other week there's some two part, three part, nine part series about. Some piece of history that, you know, nobody wanted to talk about until right now, you know. Um, so the I happen to, you know, uh, be a little bit interested in, in a couple of these. The first of which was an HBO docuseries called Hostages. And Hostages is all about the Iranian um, uh, kidnap, kidnap not, not, prisoner hostage situation um, in, in 79. Essentially, there was political turmoil going on in Iran, and these uh, people were at the U.S. Embassy, American citizens, and in, like, the blink of an eye, protests started happening outside of the embassy, and it eventually led to them being kept as prisoners for 444 days. Um, Was this huge political issue. Um, There was upheaval in Iran with the Shah and the Ayatollah taking over. And it's all this sort of like heady American history stuff. Um, I honestly plowed through this documentary because I thought it was the story of the people from uh, Argo. And Ah, I did not get clarity on whether it was or not because (laughs) it, it doesn't seem like it was, but I I can't imagine there were multiple Iranian hostage situations in like the late seventies with America. Um, so either like Argo is, is like way, way more, uh, fictionalized or I just had my shit backwards. I do think this is the true story of, of, of the Argo situation, but 
it literally does not bring that up whatsoever in this documentary. So that was a little bit of a letdown. Um, Interesting. In terms of American history and these types of documentaries, this is really well made. Um, you get talking heads from uh, some of the hostages. You get talking heads from the political activists in Iran. Some of them are still you know, around today and they were willing to get in front of the camera and talk. You get talking heads from Iranian citizens who defected to the U.S. You have uh, citizens who are still in Iran. I actually thought this was a pretty interesting and fairly nuanced um, telling of the tale. I think your mileage is going to vary on whether or not this is something you want to dive into. It's four episodes. I was not bored by this. I just left it feeling a little, I don't know, um, feeling like it wasn't what I wanted it to be kind of thing. Mm, Um, So for me, it's, you know, it's a seven out of 10. Um, It's kind of a soft seven out of 10. So um, if you're into these types of documentaries, you want to know about history, you want to, you know, learn something, you will certainly get that all here. Um, I wouldn't call it entertaining, though. It's more of a document of what happens kind of deal. So Okay, so yeah, it's just telling the story, essentially not really uh, trying to tell you. Or like a lot of documentaries obviously come from, hey, we're trying to tell this side of the story. It's just really just explaining what happened here yeah, for the I mean, most part. The, oh. the other thing, too, is that they, you know, they talk about how like the Middle East is just like this political quagmire because there's so many like different interests and different motivating factors and all this other shit. Um this documentary does give you a good sense of, of like why some of that happened at this particular time. Um, like this whole hostage crisis, if you don't know anything about it, it actually was resolved the day that Reagan came into office. And it, 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 it tells you the story from Jimmy Carter's perspective and, you know, his presidency and how it was deemed a failure and how the Ayatollah basically, in all likelihood kept the hostages until Reagan was president in order to like be sort of a metaphorical slap in the face to Jimmy Carter, even though he had to deal with the whole situation. There's just like all this complicated shit in the background. Um, Okay. So that's, I don't know. Like I said, if you want to know about history, watch this. You don't throw this on on a Saturday night to have a good time, you know? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah. So that was, that was what that was. Um, next one, another documentary. Um, this one is, uh, <laughs> this was, this was also a little rough. Uh, it's called 11 minutes. This is on Paramount plus, And this is the story of several firsthand accounts of the Las Vegas shooting at, uh, that country fest, uh, festival from 2017 oh, okay. gotcha, at, yeah. uh, the Mandalay Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty well-made and intense documentary uh it's they have a lot of different perspectives here so they have folks who are in the crowd they have police officers they have uh, it was a jason aldean i think was on stage at the time they have him in this um another guy who was uh one of the djs there they tell his story he had like his one-year-old son who was in town with him and his wife um all all different angles of this um this documentary does what what the great documentaries like this do, where it gives you a good grasp of what's going on. I think it does a really good job of laying out the geography of the strip so that you know where certain people are at certain times as they're kind of telling everyone's story. Um, and I found it to be really emotional, honestly. Like, I thought that the stories of these people and what they went through and what they endured and their perspective was like 
very real. Um, it's wild. The The footage of the festival while the shooting was happening is fucking insane. Um, I think that there were 11 separate machine gun fire bursts uh, sequences. And they detail all of them. And, like, it, it's nuts. It's nuts. I mean, you, you see body cam footage from police officers. You see, you know, a lot of cell phone recordings. Um, it, it's, it's fucking crazy. It's, it's just crazy shit. It's crazy shit. But, sure. Um, this is another four-episode thing. Um, I found this to be a much better watch than Hostages was. Um, Hostages was very dry. It was very, uh, here are the facts. Here's why it happened. And, and that's that. Um, to me, and maybe it's just because we're a little bit closer to this now, this had much more of an emotional human factor to it that I, I found was important for the documentary and, and I don't know, added a little something more. Um, so I, I actually would recommend this. I thought this was a really solid eight out of 10. Um, there's one particular story where, where one of the officers gets shot in the arm and another officer has to get him out. Like he just, he just says like, uh, you know, this is all insane. And, and this is what's going on on the strip, but I need to get to you to a hospital. Um, and he does that and he saves the guy's life. But the thing that's, and th this is not like a spoiler because both these guys are being interviewed from episode one. So, you know, they, they make it out, but the guy who saves the officer's life in the final episode has this real breakdown of hearing his friends who who were on the force who stormed the room in the Mandalay Bay to take this guy out and like the regret and and the emotion on the guy's face that you know he made a decision to save somebody's life and he just lives with the feeling of being inadequate for not going to storm the room sooner is just like I can't even imagine the mental space <laughs> that you gotta Jeez fucking deal with that for the rest of your life and this is like a big guy you know he's like mm -hmm. 300 pounds and he will fuck you up and and, and like it's just very real but um, but yeah really good documentary um i highly recommend that so um 11 okay. minutes all right um, to the docket yeah okay so rick and morty oh boy rick and morty so i i love rick and morty i have loved rick and morty since uh since i found out about it maybe somewhere in season two or three um, last season I thought was good, not great. And the season before I thought was a little bit better than last season, but still not great. This season has been on fucking fire. Um, awesome. every episode has been just as good as the last. And it is some of the best writing that I think they've had in years. Um, I know that Harmon has talked about the fact that they they did two things essentially with this season. They said, first of all, they've streamlined their work process so that the seasons are going to be coming out a lot faster now, which is great news. But secondly, he said that he handed over a lot of the writing duties to some of the younger staff to lead episodes. And it, it, it's, it's the same voice, but like some different perspectives. And you can tell that like, they have the same sadistic, fucked up sense of humor that Harmon does, but they're they're like pushing the envelope in different ways. Um, they're like there. There was a. I'm 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 trying to think of the episodes this season. So like there was one this year where Rick figures out in the first couple minutes of the episode that he could be more productive if he was able to put himself in a trance when he goes to sleep. And then create a machine that could animate his body while he's sleeping to be able to, like, learn things. 
and it eventually evolves into an entire version of the Smith household is all night people. And they are at war with the day people, <laughs> but they're all in the same bodies. <laughs> There's a fight sequence where all four of them are battling each other and also changing from awake to asleep. Honestly, it's like the funniest fucking fight scene <laughs> I've ever seen. Like it, it, the, the the amount of thought that it had to go into, like how to choreograph something like that in a cartoon. Like I, I don't even know how you would do it in live action, but fucking <laughs> hilarious. Um, it's great. Rick and Morty is absolutely killing it. Uh, it's the best cartoon on TV. I think they're well on their way to being the best uh, adult cartoon show ever made. Uh, I, it just makes me laugh harder than South Park. It just does. Um, mm. You know, it, it, opinions are going to vary on that one, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Rick and Morty guy. So how many how many episodes are we in this season now? Four or five, maybe. I think it okay, might be so five. The, all right, I thought it was more. I, I might catch up this week. I, I just I was just being a lazy piece of shit. Apparently, like I I just forgot to set my DVR. For this, yeah, on uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just forgot about it, but yeah, I, yeah, definitely gonna pop it. Love Rick yeah, and Morty. I mean, it, it's you know, if you love the show, you're gonna love this season. It just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes you know how it is. You watch shows like this; they go on for a long time. Some seasons are better than others. This one, just right out the gate, man, it just felt yeah, like this is this is top tier shit. But yeah, yeah, I, I felt the same way though. Like the, the last few seasons have been like good, not great. I like, just kind of yeah, so right, right. Good, to, good to hear it's back. Oh, yeah, no. great, very okay. much. Awesome. Um, all right, so next, I am watching Andor. Have you uh, have you checked this out at all? It's another one. It's, I I want to watch it. It's just it's I haven't got to it yet. So. Yeah. So I'm as skeptical as anybody else. I like Rogue One. I think over time, Rogue One is probably my favorite of the Star Wars movies that they've made since Return of the Jedi. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I would 100 percent agree with that. Yeah, it just I you know. Uh, nothing else is stuck with me. It just all feels like inconsequential. So, um, oh. so Rogue One's been, was fine. Not a not a perfect movie, but I love the third act, and you know that's really all I needed. So, um, so this show is a prequel to a prequel. Who the fuck cares about that kind of thing? Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I checked it out. Uh, I watched the first episode, and I said, "Ah, oh, this is uh, it's kind of interesting." Actually, I think I want to watch a little more of this, and watch the second episode. And it has become the show that when it drops, I watch it immediately because uh, it's pretty mm-hmm. fucking cool. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Okay. Um, so the things that this show is doing that I am loving, okay? Um, I, let me say liking. Let me say liking, okay? But a little more time, maybe it'll be loving. Um, this feels like a show that is shot on a location. It doesn't feel like everything is on the volume and it's all green screen. Um, you can tell that they're walking up the side of a hill. You can tell that they went somewhere and set up a camera and did their color grading and figured it out. Um, it's not that the, they're not using stuff from the volume, but they're they're using it sparingly. That's very noticeable right away. Um the performances are really interesting and, and sort of complicated. Um, there hasn't been a lot of, you know, there's there's not a force user in this show yet. There's no, um, a, a, like, any kind of magic. It's, we haven't seen, like, like tons of blaster bolts and, and, and fights yet. Um, the, the threat of the Empire through this, like, corporation that's operating on this planet is interesting, but they've also taken a character who 
works on that side and they're starting to delve into like his family life and what, you know, where he's coming from. And it just feels more like an HBO show or, or a, like, like a, like a drama, you know, like an adult drama than a star Wars Mm -hmm. show. Um, I, I really like that. I I don't know. It's, it's surprising how much this has, uh, worked out for me so far. Um, some of the casting is really cool. I, I think that, uh, Diego Luna was he was good in Rogue One. He's he's pretty good here. Um, but my favorite piece of casting is uh, uh, fucking uh, cousin from the Bear. He's in this. Um, okay. He's like a, a member of the Rebellion. Which uh, again, like even through five episodes, the exact intent of what they're trying to accomplish. It's you know fighting against the Empire, but it's not to me. It's not super clear exactly what the goal is. Um, that hasn't become a problem for me yet, though. So I'm I, I'm, I'm kind of on board with the way they're telling this story. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. This has been really it, it's been very solid so far. I, I don't really have a complaint about it. In fact, I'm kind of shocked at how much I like it already. Um, yeah, I've heard nothing but positive things about this from everybody. I've actually heard from one of my friends that it's very kind of Blade Runner esque. Is you get anything very from much. that? Very yeah, much. Okay. That's actually that's super. Yeah, that that's spot on. I would totally agree with that. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I, 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 another one. I'm probably just gonna wait till it's over and then just binge it. At this point, we're five episodes or six episodes in at this. What is it? Five or six? Uh, five. I think so. Yeah. Five. Okay. Um. Yeah. There, there was another one of the characters in this played uh, one of the wives in Under the Banner of Heaven, that uh, Mormon murder show from a couple months uh-huh. back with Andrew Garfield. Sure. Um, she's also pretty good in this. She's like an empire captain of some sort. Um, you also have, uh, the grand maester from Thrones who was the maester for the Lannisters, like in the later seasons. Um, it was a Kyburn. I can't remember. God damn. It's been a while, but he's one of those Mm -hmm. faces. Like you'll see him and you're like, ah, Game of Thrones. Okay. Okay. It's that guy. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, Stone Skarsgård is also pretty cool in this. Um, when he pops up, it's, it's really solid and he's, uh, he's a world-class actor. So, you know, he, he shows up and he's, he can really inhabit that role really well. Um, and, and also like, there's going to be a threshold for how much of this I give a shit about for sure. But Mon Mothma is sort of a lead character in this. Um, her story and her integration into the plot has been pretty interesting so far. Um, how far they go with that, how long I care, uh, we'll, we'll find out. But, uh, again, so far it's, I I really don't have anything to complain about. Um, you know, of the Star Wars shows, Mandalorian was a slam dunk from the beginning. And I, I love both seasons of that. Obi-Wan was a total dud. Boba Fett was a dud until the Mandalorian showed up and then it was <laughs> good. Um, but this feels just as good as Mandalorian, just in a totally different way. So um, Awesome. Yeah, pretty satisfying watch. But Great. I'll save it for my November after we get through spooky season. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, we, oh, one other thing that I watched. I wanted to bring up, and I'm glad you're on because I think you're also a big fan. Uh, you know, those of you who... Uh, have been listening to this show for the last hour, uh, opened with what might seem like a random quote from Danny McBride. Not that (laughs) random, because I finally fucking watched The Righteous Gemstones this week. Hell yes. Um, Uncle Baby Billy Freeman. (laughs) 
I swear to God, I love Walton Goggins. It might be my favorite of his performances. So good. What a fucking beast that guy is. I mean, the moment that you see him, bleached white teeth, bleached white hair, and just evoking like every shitty evangelical preacher mm. on TV all over the country. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> so I, look, I love these bound and down. I had a great time with Vice Principals. I think this might be my favorite that they've, they've done so far. It's just, it's way more up my alley. I, I don't know. There's something about the comedy in it that's just hitting harder than those did. Um, yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I, I love both of the shows a lot, but yeah, this, it just, every episode just amps it up even more. And I mean, every character, I mean, Judy's fucking amazing. Edie Patterson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Calvin, like, the thing too is that I'm, I grew up, in fucking like a very religious household uh, around churches and shit the shit that they get like so right the minuscule things it's just insane man it is fucking like it's so accurate and that's what's so sad about a lot of it but it's so fucking spot on and funny yeah it's so good (laughs) i I mean you know i was trying to pinpoint like why i like this one as much as i do over the others and same with you. I, I, I really love those shows, too. Vice Principals is like a nice, tight two seasons. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but I think it's John Goodman. I, I think it's literally yep. like just his presence is enough for me to push this one to the top of the pile. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's funny when he needs to be, but he also like adds a little bit of emotion just so that you, you can you can kind of get on their side, even though they're fucking cocksuckers, all of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you know, what was his name? Adam Devine? Is that his name? Devine? Yep. Adam Devine. Yep. Dude. Him with his fucking God Patrol in the second season. <laughs> Just like shirtless buff men everywhere. Fucking so, great. So that is that is you know have you ever heard of the power team before? No. Okay, so this was a, a Christian version of uh like bodybuilders. They would get up and, you know, tear phone books and break cinder blocks and shit. Yeah. That is essentially what this is based around. Like that little group of oh it. It God. is fucking the funniest shit in the world, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. I I don't divine. I fucking I'm a huge workaholics fan, huge fan of that guy. And a lot of people only know him from the pitch perfect movies, of course. And but uh yeah. Yeah, super funny. And, and and him playing the youth pastor, like the way they dress too, man. It's pretty scary. It's pretty scary how close on that fucking shit is. Like the leather bracelets, the fucking yeah. deep V's, the fucking faux hawks. Oh my god, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's so much good stuff. Like his buddy that he reformed, the Satanist dude. Yeah, the Satanist dude. Oh my god, he's fucking great. The, I, I, the other thing I really love about everything they do is like... They're just not afraid of having dicks, uh, uh, like, oh my anywhere God. in the scene. Like, they just don't <laughs> nope. care at all. Nope. You know? Like, like, like <laughs> even even the fucking opening of the first season, there's a shot... There's, like, a, a fucking, you know, video <laughs> of the, the guys, like, you know, doing coke and banging hookers. And it's like, yeah, there's a topless chick there, but there's also just, like, the most pathetic penis right in the frame. <laughs> it's just equal opportunity nudity. You love to see it, yep. you know? <laughs> Oh yeah, fucking BJ. BJ is a fucking oh great character. It's <laughs> just such a beta male. <laughs> so good. And then the shit yep. that Judy says sometimes. I, I I can't remember the context, but she's like, "Oh, I feel like a lightning bolt went straight to my slit." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, it's like the 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 way wonkier version of Succession that are like vying for this, uh, right. you know, fucking to be the next <laughs> next line pastor. But it's just so ridiculous, and it works yeah. so well, though. Yeah, it's the, fantastic. It's a great call. Yeah, it's very it's yep. it's like bizarro Succession. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for the next season. This is just great. Uh, the casting choices that they've made pretty much across the board. I mean, I, anybody who hasn't watched it, I, I won't spoil it for you. There's a couple of casting decisions for season two that are just, like, really fucking cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, great show. Great, great fucking show. Um, all right. So, uh, the rest, I think, is all stuff that both of us have seen. So, uh, what do you want to start with? Oh, Bunch called about She-Hulk. Let's start with that one. All right. All right. So... Let's set the table a little bit because I don't I don't know if I've talked about it on air or not. But what, how have you felt about this show so far? So I solely I, okay. I haven't watched Miss Marvel. I I started watching the first what fucking WandaVision. I watched Captain America, Winter Soldier, all those. And then I stopped with uh, Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Didn't really care. And then I didn't watch Miss Marvel. So I haven't watched any of them in the last year or so. I had no expectations for this whatsoever. I'm a big Tatiana Maslany fan because I liked Orphan Black a lot. Uh, so that's why the sole reason I started watching this show. And uh, yeah, what, eight episodes in? And I'm surprisingly, I'm kind of enjoying the show, man. I get the, yeah. it, it doesn't take itself serious. It's uh, completely kind of different for what I'm used to in the Marvel world. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really digging She-Hulk. I'm very surprised to say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I, it's funny because there's like there's little things that don't make sense to me, but the show isn't really dwelling on them, so I'm not. I feel like they're kind of telling me to not think about it for very long. Mm-hmm. Like, I you know, this might not have seemed as weird for you because you haven't like caught up on all of the shows, but I've been keeping up with this shit right. And episode one of She Hulk ends with this like random somewhat super strong person like breaking down a wall randomly and then it just happens to be like she hulk is in that courtroom and they get into a fight and there's like i don't really understand the like why that was happening you know what i mean um like she just this person just kind of like shows up in she hulk's life and is an antagonist for like a reason i I don't i don't know what that was building towards or like leading to. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm kind of with you. I've really enjoyed the show. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, I know a lot of people have complained and they're just like, Oh man, you know, it's just, it's so, you know, it's woke. It's stupid. It's like, I, I don't know, man. Like it, I, maybe it is, or maybe it's just progressive. Maybe that's the problem. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's been pretty fun. Um, um. I, I'm not saying it's like the best, marvel output of the last couple of years or anything like that but it it certainly gets a chuckle every episode from me um i think that you're uh bunch said it you said you're a fan um i gotta check out orphan black because it seems like musulani is is pretty solid um but yeah i so far i've been i've been pretty pleased but that that all kind of sets the table for this episode so uh it's big big week it's a week uh, a lot of us were waiting for. Uh, you know, this is a spoiler alert if you didn't know this was coming, but uh, it was in the advertisements before the show came out. So fuck you if you get pissed off. But uh, uh, Daredevil finally pops up this week. So, yes. What did you think of his return, his official return in the MCU as Daredevil? 
Yeah, so, I mean, every Marvel fan's probably going to scream at their fucking headset and microphones and whatever else the fuck they're listening to this through or whatever their cars. Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen Daredevil show up because oh. I've never watched I've never watched Daredevil. I've oh, never watched shit. Punisher. I guess I did see him in No Way Home uh, last okay, year, yep. so he showed up there. But uh, this is the first time I've actually seen Charlie Cox as Daredevil. Um, okay. and, and I didn't, I had no, I didn't even know he was showing up if I'm, I'm that out of the loop with okay. the Marvel, Marvel shit. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool to see him. I liked Daredevil, the character. Uh, mm. I always liked him. Um, and, uh, what are, are all the fucking seems they're kind of upset of what happens. He, he hooks up with her and has his little walk of shame. Does this yeah. seem... <laughs> I mean, that, uh, that made me laugh. So I, I don't know what to tell those people. I thought it was pretty funny. I, I saw a, a certain tweet that said, what did they do to my boy? <laughs> or something of this I, nature. <laughs> I mean, it's just fucking people need to stop. It's like, it's, it was it entertaining? Pathetic. You know, it's if pathetic. not, fine. But Jesus yep. Christ. Um, yeah, so, okay. So let me, let me unpack that for a second here. So I'm, I'm not current on all the, the, the Netflix shows, but I did watch all of Daredevil. I didn't watch all okay. of Punisher. I think I saw Defenders. Uh, I saw a season of Jessica Jones. It just got to be too much at some point, and it wasn't connected yes. to the MCU proper, so I was just kind of like, eh. Yep. Um, Daredevil is worth going back to watch. Um, okay. Season one is phenomenal. Season two is half of a good season, and the other half is kind of meh. Season three is like up there with the best shit out there for superhero stories um great okay and the fact that so i you know again this is already established but in hawkeye kingpin comes back um so this was you know that was sort of the tee up to matt murdoch showing up in no way home gotcha okay. and, and now in this um i think 2024 they're coming out with an 18 episode daredevil born again series on disney plus and that is very exciting for those of us who love Daredevil because the Netflix shows were really, in my opinion, Daredevil came out and was a resounding success. And then they built out and Luke Cage was okay. Jessica Jones was okay. Iron Fist sucked. Defenders was shit. Punisher was pretty good from what I, I heard, but Daredevil was like far and away the best of those. Um, okay. It's really awesome to see that not only is he getting another crack at playing uh, Matt Murdock, but that he's going to be integrated in other places too. Um, and the fact that we've seen him twice in the last year is just like really very cool for this this performance because I, I do think it's one of the best superhero performances out there. Um, that being said, you wouldn't necessarily know that from this episode because it's very different <laughs> than, sure. than, than the series. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But I I don't care. Like these are comic books, you know. Um, you're telling me that somebody has to be brooding and, and you know, uh, repentant so in a church forever? Uh, nah, man. He's got to get his fuck on once in a while. Like, Jesus Christ. Right. Blind uh, people got to fuck too, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> he might not be able to see, but he could probably see that poster. Uh, so. Um, he smells it. He smells it. Okay. That's six oh, Jesus. Jesus oh, Christ. But yeah, no, I, I was really happy to see him back. Um, where this episode goes after the Daredevil stuff resolves... Um, again, it seems like conflict has been very much secondary to this series. Um, so I don't know, it could go in like any direction with the finale, but, mm -hmm. um, I think I've seen enough from Maslani to be sold on She-Hulk appearing elsewhere. You know, I don't know if I yeah. need another season of this, but 
Uh-huh. Um, I think she's she's good enough to pop up in an Avengers movie or uh, wherever else they they want to they want to put the character. Um, I think she's been very good. Uh, I've I've been satisfied at least. So awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. No complaints. I, for what it is, I have a great time each episode. So another one doesn't. It's twenty five to thirty minutes. Fucking done. Great. Yeah. Love it. Don't don't. I don't need. I don't need an hour of this. Yeah. And I like that it's different. You know, it's it's. Very much. When Marvel's at its best, it's branching out and doing new things. And this is a new thing, and I, I think it's a good thing. So we'll uh we might be talking about another new Marvel thing later, but uh we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. So all right. Um next up, uh well we both watched Atlanta, so we can talk a little nope. Atlanta, I think. Yep. Um all right, so I have a tough uh time with Atlanta, and here's why, okay? I think the show is brilliant half the time. And the other half the time, I feel like I'm not in on the joke enough. And Mm. I'm not sure if that's me being an idiot or the show is like not doing enough work to let me in on what's happening. Um, I kind of feel that way about this week's episode. Like, (laughs) like literally. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, I, I just don't know if I'm on if I'm on Glover's wavelength with his storytelling style. Um, so, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean I didn't mean to interrupt you. You didn't, no, no, you no, didn't, go ahead. You didn't uh, the catch the, the the Tyler Perry mocking. Uh, I mean, commentary bit. Like, I I get that, and I yeah. I get the the idea of like he runs a studio that now has to just keep going or else, <laughs> but like. I just don't know where, like, like the whole idea of 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 Van, her life is now living a Tyler Perry movie without her knowing it, and like the way that ends, it's just, it's just weird. Like I, I don't know. It's 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 like, it's like a David Lynch thing. I don't know that I understand everything Donald Glover's going for, but I I sure think yeah. I like it. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, some, it's very, I mean, surrealist and yeah, yeah. I mean, I know we talked in the spring about, because it is, I mean, they, they've put out seasons three and four, the season three was in the spring, season four in the fall here. Um, yeah, just kind of the fact that they were kind of, each episode was jumping one, we'd get, uh, you know, the urn Paperboy Vanessa mm. story. And then the next would be a, an anthology type, just kind of its own separate thing. Yeah. Uh, I guess they've, they've leaned more into being the final season now, more so earn centric stories, even than uh, the last or what episode was the fucking uh, the the author episode where he fucking oh he hires a fucking Hulk. Yeah, Hulk, like, uh... okay, okay. So actually, did I? I think I missed something with that episode. So what was the point of of them hiring her to go and and like read her book? Was that like a dare or something? It was just to embarrass her because he hired the whole like he hired everyone that wasn't her like they, they he he got her this book deal like job and it was solely just to embarrass her because what she fuck it I don't even remember she what did she do I, I'm trying to remember it's a couple episodes at this point I she, don't remember uh, dude I she, I just remember that episode ended and I was real confused like I <laughs> I I must have looked at my phone at the wrong time because I was just like I don't know what the fuck is going on here. Yeah, so I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what she did to him. It was something 
Fuck, I, I'm, I'm I'll have to, like, I'll, I'll a... go back and, and look it up. Uh, yeah, 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 I yeah. genuinely was just like, I don't, I, I'm lost. I'm lost. Yeah, I somehow I, lost I, it here. I don't know why. I'm, I don't know. I think the, these five episodes that it started out with are some of the stronger. I don't know. It's on a run. I feel like. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally, I totally, I can totally feel what you're saying with the David Lynch stuff. Because yeah, I mean, I I don't get everything either by any means, but. I can appreciate the surrealist weirdness of each of these episodes. And mm. I think, I think this will be one of those shows that will be critiqued and shit. And we'll go back and rewatch and, sh- and, and take from, but I mean, yeah, being that it's four, four episodes or four seasons, it's quick and done 10 episode seasons. I, yeah, I, I'm really, really liking Atlanta. I've I, it's always been one of my favorite shows. I've always been a fan of, of old Donald. It, but, it's, uh, it's got one of my favorite episodes ever of TV, which was the Teddy Perkins episode. Teddy Perkins, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I absolutely just, I, like, un- indescribable fucking episode of television. Um, yep. But yeah, I just, I find myself a lot of the time, I'm just, like, confused. Like, like the episode <laughs> yeah. where, where Paperboy um, thinks he's on a scavenger hunt, and then he ends up, like, at <laughs> a funeral for some dude that's not his actual funeral. Like... How like like how? Where does that come from? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. He's just and then uh, what? Uh, Darius is just walking that air fryer the whole time, yeah. and the chick's just chasing him. In oh the my wheelchair. god, <laughs> so, so ridiculous! So yeah, yeah. It's just it's not that I dislike the show at all. It's just I feel like sometimes I'm I'm just like lost because I'm mm-hmm. his storytelling style sometimes focuses on something that I didn't realize was the focus until like much later in the episode, you know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I get that. I get that for sure. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I'm the same, I, same, same, same wavelength there. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't get everything, but I still enjoy what I'm watching and enjoy the writing and everything too. It's, it's, it's fun. It's a fun show. Very yeah. different. All right, all right, and then I think the last one we both watched, uh, House of the Dragon, right? Right? Yes, sir. Yep. Fucking dragons. Okay, so uh, you know it's been almost a week since the episode aired. Um, I we've talked about it on the commentaries. I'm really enjoying this season overall. Um, I think that as the season's gone on, I've started to notice a couple things that are bugging me a little bit. I'm curious if they bug you at all, but I'll bring those up in a second. But overall, I really like the focus of the storytelling in this season. Um, I think it's it's a different type of uh, it's a different type of prose, we'll say, than than GOT was. Um, but I think that's just because Thrones had to go from Pike to the Riverlands to King's Landing to the Wall and, you know, bounce all over the place constantly. Um, I I like the focus of House of the Dragon so far. Um, And, you know, the storytelling choices of, of like, having a time gap like the one that they had. Um, Pretty interesting. But but, uh, I was starting to notice as the season went on something that bugged me a little bit. And the only reason I, I... think I'm realizing this is because I was watching Lord of the Rings, um, which I've, I've kind of paused because it's difficult enough to keep track of one medieval series. So I'm going to wait until hey, this that, one's done to do the other. That's one. why I haven't, yeah. Why I haven't even started. I was like, yeah. I'm going to, I can't, I can't do two fantasy shows at once. I got, I'll wait to binge that one because yeah. I'm excited for it, but no, no chance. <laughs> yeah. And you should be through three episodes. It was very good, but awesome. Um, okay. But, while House of the Dragon looks good at times, 
it does feel a little bit cheap compared to Lord of the, of the Rings. Um, really? Okay. And this episode in particular was really a pain in the ass to watch. Um, I was one of the unlucky few that had a real difficult time seeing anything on the screen for half this episode. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yep. And now it's one thing if you're sitting in a dark room at night, you have a TV on and that's the only thing you're focused on. That's all well and good. But, you know, something like uh, like Nope earlier this year or Lord of the Rings, there are plenty of scenes at night, okay? And you're able to see everything because there are ways of shooting night scenes that are not desaturating all the color, turning down all brightness and contrast, and basically showing you mud everywhere. Um, you know, this episode of Hot D... The fucking scene where Allison's son steals the dragon. Um, the dragon looks okay when it's breathing fire. But other than that, the screen is just like shades of gray and brown and black. And frankly, to me, that is just lazy cinematography. It just looks terrible. And I didn't notice it early on as much. Um, but it certainly has become more of a thing as the episodes have gone on. I am sick and tired of this style of shooting shows and movies where it's just, you know, if it's nighttime, let's just fucking turn all the lights out and hopefully people can see it. I'm, I'm really getting tired of that. So yeah. it was very obvious in this episode. Um, I don't know how your experience was, but maybe you fared better than I did. Um, I mean, I've noticed it a little bit throughout the season. I, I do watch, usually I'll watch this in my basement with like all the lights out and shit. Maybe like, like the, I have a backdrop, like light TV on my phone yeah. or on my TV and bragging camp. Sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> no, but I, actually what you're talking about, I totally did uh, recognize that this, it didn't, it didn't really take me out of it. And I was like, oh, that looks a little different, but yeah, I can totally see it because I it's it, I've been seeing it throughout the entire season. Though, like, ever a lot of people have been complaining, like, well, I can't watch this. What is this? Do I need to turn this shading down or this this this? What am I doing wrong? But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I totally can see where people are, are pissed off about that. But uh, it's not taking me away from the story. Still, like, I I, yeah. I think the time like the time jump uh, that happened last episode, not this one. I mean, that could have been just really brutal and taking you completely out of it. And I think they did a really good job of transitioning. I, I actually didn't listen to your guys episode uh, of that yet. Um, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm behind, man. I'm behind on everything. I'm just, but, um, but it's fine. Uh, I get it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep up with Russell Wilson updates. I, I understand. Hey, let's, let's ride. Um, let's ride. Let's, let's cry. It's more like what we're, what we're feeling. Um, yeah, I, I dude, I'm loving it. I'm loving this show, though. Outside of yeah, sorry, image uh, shading and whatever taken out of it, Vagar is fucking just a amazing. I think that thing is uh just weird, bearded, fucking giant ass dragon. Yeah, uh, I'm really loving uh like the older versions too. Like it's a really good like seamless transition. It seemed like uh, Laris is just a uh, a real c word. Uh, Larry Strong uh, seems even worse than like Littlefinger. And I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen spoilers for anything. I I, I, I loved Game of Thrones up until the, the final season. Um, I guess they're like that's the thing that Joffrey spoils what happens to Rhaenyra. I guess I've been seeing. 
around. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't gone back and watched that, so I'm just, like, you know, blissfully aware either. right now. Yep, same. I'm I'm very unaware of what's happening, but you can, I mean, it's fucking Jar Jar. You know, something something's coming uh, oh, in these yeah. last three, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, dude, I, 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 I'm loving it. I'm happy to be back in this world. I think, yeah, I did the commentary with Alex. Uh, I think Matt Smith is really great as Damon. Uh, yeah, other than that, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what else to say. I'm... I'm happy to be along for the ride with this. I'm happy we're, we're back in uh, the old Westeros. So, yeah, it's it's like you said, the storytelling's still been pretty stellar. Um, I like all the characters. I, I really do. I, I don't have a character yet that I have been upset with. Um, you know, all the performances are good. Uh, it's just I, I just wish that you know they weren't going in the direction of. You know, let's just make it dark as fuck. Like, like it's one. Sure. You know, it's yeah. a lot of bullshit online, and they're like, "Oh, calibrate your TVs." It's like, no, you don't understand. Like, you can make a film and make it dark. You can make The Godfather, but the intent for The Godfather is to be seen in a theater primarily. Okay, so sure. you 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 make a film like that to look a certain way, knowing that you can tell your projectionists to project it in a certain way. When you're putting it out wholesale for the world for streaming at home. That's not acceptable. It it just isn't. Like, <laughs> shoot better. Just just make a better product so that reasonable people can just watch it and not have to worry about, you know, calibrating their home theater systems. I'm not saying don't calibrate your TVs. I'm saying you shouldn't have to to be able to sure. at least yeah, see yeah. the photo on the screen, you know? Yeah, yeah. Give it your sign for sure. Yep. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was a little bit of bullshit I was reading online, but... <laughs> <laughs> pissed me off the other day. Unfucking believable. But all right, it's your well, fault. Okay, you're doing it wrong. Oh yeah, it's my fucking fault. <laughs> it's it. always some. Yeah, it's always Ugh, not the not the creator of the content. It's the, the the watcher of the content. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that that fucking checks out. But, uh, such a bunch of bullshit. All right. Well, um, I think we are up to some. What did you watch this week? So if you're good. Uh, Should we do it? Actually, pee break before we I was just get into this? you were you were saying what I was about to say. So all right, let's do let's do a pee break and then we'll uh, we'll hit it. All right, here we go. Let's do it. Hold your little bladder. The show will fucking prism soon. Stands up, little bitcher. A broken seal is really bad with vodka and beer too. You know I need a pee break soon. So come on, Jim Long. Come on.
Before I start drooling, how big is it going to be? That's that dude. I love Dick, right? We, that we, our, it's piss provoking. I was going to say, um, <laughs> who did you just say? This thing was ungoddamn believable. I'm a Chris Evans fan from back in the day. You played a lot of side-scrolling platformers. You'd understand what they're Your doing. Your excitement has me excited, sir. Oh fuck! I, mean, I, I just want to hear the cup. <laughs> What's that? I just want to hear the I just want to hear the sounder now. My uh, name is Kupka. It's one of yeah. the best. I gotta I gotta fucking find that one. I gotta throw that on my Kupka board. I will say this: the uh, we were talking about the setup a little earlier uh, before we started recording. Uh, maybe a year ago, maybe a little over that. Alex found a different soundboard program. Oh my god, it's so much better than the old one. But. You can make an unlimited amount of soundboards that can all be, like, keyboard-controlled. So I just have them lined up now. It's like, you know, we could bounce from, uh, say, you know, Jim Law. Uh, we could bounce over to, uh, you know, a little, little Pete MC. I'm going to have a boner later. You know, it's very nice to be able to move between them and then, you know, go back to... That's a pretty exciting story. What's next? Lies on the ice? Very convenient. <laughs> it's very convenient. Bird up! <laughs> mm. All right, what'd you watch? You ready? Do it. What'd you watch? Yeah. What'd you watch? Alex. What'd you watch? Emmett. What a binge cast. What'd you watch? Yeah. What'd you watch? Alex. What'd you watch? Emmett. What a binge cast. What'd you watch? What'd you watch? Motherfucker, tell me what'd you watch? Was it good? Was it sick? Did it suck a baba dick? Hey there! What the fuck you watch? Alright, um bunch of stuff here too where do we start where do we start um all right so why don't uh why don't i actually did i see anything that you did not let's see here yeah did i think you, I, I didn't think, yeah i didn't get to blonde okay uh, okay all right so let yeah. me let me do a couple of the ones that i did uh so let me start off the top with a movie called deathgasm all right um Anybody who listened to my 365 movie challenge knows that I became a pretty big Joe Bob Briggs fan. Um, I dip into his stuff every once in a while. Um, the nice thing about The Last Drive-In is Joe Bob's been doing it now for like seven or eight years. Um, and there's a backlog of, I don't know, a hundred movies that he's done on there. Um, so I just kind of roll through. And if there's a movie I haven't seen, I'd rather watch it with Joe Bob because it's usually a better time. And uh, Deathgasm was next on the list. I decided to check it out. So what is Deathgasm? Came out in 2015. Uh, it's kind of a Spinal Tap-ish, kind of a Tenacious D-ish thing. Uh, New Zealand film, okay, uh, made it with uh, some, some of the people who worked on Lord of the Rings, actually, which is kind of funny. Um, but it's basically about two teenagers who are in a band. They unwittingly unleash uh, demonic hell upon them, and they have to use the power of metal to save everyone. Um, if that sounds like your kind of movie, then this is going to be your kind of movie. If it doesn't, move along. That's all I can tell you here. <laughs> um, this movie's fun. It's really creative. Um, 
so one of the nice things about watching The Last Drive-In is that Joe Bob stops the movie a couple times throughout and he'll give you trivia or anecdotes or kind of tee up what's coming next. And apparently in New Zealand, the, the New Zealand Film Commission, they put out a contest every year for student filmmakers or, or just like amateur filmmakers to basically create a 10-minute uh, like sizzle reel or, or scene from a movie that they want to make. And the strength of that scene or sizzle reel is what eventually gets you hired and, and certain government funds are given over to create your film. Um, you can't submit a script. You can't lobby for it. You literally just make the thing, submit it, and they let you know. And this movie was a product of that program, which is kind of hilarious because it's very R-rated. Um, it's not like... I don't know. It doesn't. I don't know that it's trying to represent New Zealand or say anything about the world outside of metal rules. Um, but I'm really glad this got through because I don't know that this is the kind of movie that would get made in America. Um, it, it's just really fun. Um, the lead character, he's a good enough teenager where the performances aren't taking out of the movie. Um, it's you know it's in New Zealand, so there's a lot of Kiwi slang in there. Um, but it's, it's a very relatable story. I mean, essentially this, the, the unleashing of this like entity, the blind one turns all of the people in town into these blind demon zombie monsters. Um, so you kind of get like a zombie movie in there too. Um, and there's a guy in the movie, like an aging rock star who's played by this character actor who popped up in a couple of the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, I saw him in something else too. Um, oh, he was in X. He was the he was the husband in X, the old man. Um, okay, that guy. Uh, uh-huh. it's one, it's, he, he's a that guy, I'll say. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that guy. Exactly. Um, really fucking fun movie. I I don't know how else to sell it. it it's kind of the perfect time of year for these kinds of movies. Um, mm-hmm. Shit that like didn't get a lot of attention has a bit of a Halloween feel to it. Um, it's just a fun ride. It doesn't overstay its welcome. And I don't know, man, I kind of had a blast watching this hour, 26 minutes. Um, so, you know, it's, it's right in the sweet spot. Um, if you haven't seen this, I I think now's the time of year to throw it on and and give it a shot. So, um, it's, you know what, this is, this is a seven for me. I I really liked this movie. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, I think you are the target market for this. I think people like you and I would get more out of this than than others would. Put it that way. It's yeah. it's just it's just fucking fun. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's good shit. All right, so Deathgasm. Um, and then uh, yes, I watched Blonde, the Maryland, the three hour Marilyn Monroe movie with mm-hmm. Andrew Dominic. Um, the whole reason I did not get to it because it was fucking three hours. <laughs> yeah, I. There's something about this that I just I I, I was curious about, so I, I kind of just like threw it on while I was working huh. last week, and um, I yeah, I, I, there's a lot to say about this movie. So so it, it's the first time I've seen a biopic where it feels like the filmmakers actively hate the person that the movie's about. <laughs> okay, um, there, I've heard a lot of like, this. So this is like the most um. It's very dark, it's very depressing, and it's like, it feels really mean. Like, really mean. Um, I, I the perf- Okay, so the, the, the positives. Uh, her performance is very good. I, I'm, I'm no, like, Marilyn Monroe connoisseur. I, I've seen Some Like It Hot. I don't think I've seen another Marilyn Monroe movie. 
Um, oh, really? Okay. But she's very good in the role. Um, one of the things that Dominic does here is he recreates scenes from her most famous movies as she's filming them. Um, mm-hmm. Those can sometimes come across as like really hokey. I actually think that they're really well done here. Um, they look correct. They feel the right way. Um, I don't know. Sometimes that can strain to like SNL parody territory. They don't here. They, they actually do that very well. Um, but man, I, it's three hours of a woman getting multiple abortions, uh, getting the shit kicked out of her, sexually abused, mentally abused, physically abused. Um, and it starts when she's like a little girl and it goes all the way through to her death. It, it, it just, I, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a really weird, um, perspective. Like it almost no. kind of takes all of her, uh, agency away in a sense like the movie is specifically trying to make you understand that she was used by all the men in her life all the time and in the process like from what i've read it seems that while her life obviously ended tragically like she did study acting she did try her best to be good at her art and this movie never gives her that credit once at Uh. all um, it, it's all just like, oh, well, she was a sex object and she slept with the studio heads because they forced her to and that's how she got her roles. Like, I, I, I'm i not saying that that didn't happen, but it kind of feels like you're also whitewashing, like, the things that she did in her life that were positive. Um, so that's a little weird. The yeah. The cinematography is, is, it's incredible. I just don't know what it's for. Like, like there are scenes where, you have these like very specific visual flourishes and like these deliberate choices where the movie changes aspect ratios and it'll change uh, lenses mid scene. And you'll see, you know, it'll be black and white and Marilyn is in bed. Uh, She gets up out of bed and her whole midsection is covered in blood. You don't know if it's a dream. You don't know if it's real. You don't know how that happened necessarily it just it just is and she doesn't acknowledge it she just goes about waking up in the middle of the night there's also in the same sequence you know the camera shifts across the room and there's a man standing in the corner of the room and then when it shifts back the man is gone it's it's almost as if this is like a horror movie and it's it's not anything other than like 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 Twin Peaks mm-hmm. Fire Walk with Me, but with Marilyn Monroe. That's kind of what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, or I love that movie. So uh... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I actually I actually do love no, that I, movie. But oh, I do I do as well. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wasn't being facetious. Sorry. I yeah. Was... <laughs> I think the difference here though is that I don't know I don't know what it's all for. Yeah. Um, sure. Sure. Like with with Twin Peaks, it's you know where the Laura Palmer story goes and you understand, I think like the evil of what's at stake there, even though David Lynch doesn't like spell anything out for you. I think that there's a, a, there's a version of this movie that is trying to do that, but I don't know that Dominic is, I don't know. He might be a hack fraud, this dude. (laughs) Really? Okay. So that's what I was going to ask you. Where do you feel, where do you stand on his filmography? Do you like him as a director or, I remember seeing Assassination and loving it, but man, I haven't picked that up in like fucking, what is it, almost 20 years now? 18 years? However long it's been since that, that came was, out. That was another 07 movie, man. We talked about that 07. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so I I, I gotta I gotta watch that again. I mean, yeah. there's stuff in that movie that pops up in Blonde. You know the the soft focus, um, the weird like rack focuses that he would do, um, mm-hmm. the vignetting around certain scenes, like all that stuff is here. It's just I don't really in assassination it makes sense right because they're telling about like the old west and a vignette is kind of an old style photo thing to do right so i i guess i kind of see it with the marilyn monroe thing but it just doesn't i don't know what it's all for like there's this other weird thread in this movie where marilyn goes through three different abortions in the movie okay um there are times when she's having a conversation with her unborn fetus but, like, she does it at different times. So it's almost as if, like, all the fetuses are one fetus and they all speak in the same voice at different times in the movie to her. Um, I, I don't I don't know what that's about. <laughs> um, uh, you know, the only section that resembles, I, I don't know, anything positive is, is, like, the section with Arthur Miller. Um, Adrian Brody's playing him. Um, and it's not all that section, believe me, because some shit goes south there, too. But... It's the only point in the movie where you can look at it and kind of objectively say, like, oh, okay, I guess her, her life was, was, like, okay here for a little while, you know? Um, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. You know, I didn't see Jackie and I didn't see Spencer, but this whole, like, let's make a biopic of some lady and show you how fucking awful her life was, I think I'm kind of out on this genre. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't I don't know that I'm... I'm going to dip into something like this again. But uh, I, I certainly wasn't bored. I will say that. For a three-hour movie, it wasn't boring. It just was, like, confounding. Like, I, I just don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've, <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's very divisive. And uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I like Chopper. I like Assassination Jesse James. And I a lot of people hate killing them softly, but I actually really like that movie, too. So I got to uh, watch that. Yeah, this is on the docket. I, I, I'm going to watch it regardless. But, uh, and I'm actually a pretty big Marilyn Monroe fan. I don't think she's a great actress. I never have. Mm. Very nice to look at. Don't get me wrong. But I've seen a lot of fucking movies. Uh, okay. I mean, okay. Yeah, Gentlemen Prefer Blonde, Seven Year Itch, all of those. And I don't think Monkey Business. I mean, yeah, I'm looking at her filmography now. I've seen a lot of these fucking movies. But uh, I don't think she's a great actress. Like, I just never thought she was. She was more of like yeah. the, the, you know, very sex symbol icon, especially for that era, too. But, uh yeah, I've heard nothing but uh, this is like the meanest biopic in the history of biopics. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I don't – look, I, I mean, I've definitely seen that in other reviews. I, I can't think of another one that is as negative to its protagonist. Um, yeah, it's kind of wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's a crazy path to take. And the other thing, too, that I found out afterwards is that nothing about this is factual at all. Like, No. Okay. It's completely – like it's not even historical fiction it's just straight up fiction so okay keeping that in mind i am even more confused about why the fuck they made it the way they did like i <laughs> i don't i don't get it, it this is yeah the, i mean if i could give this movie a, a a phrase rating it would be i don't get it at all i just don't um <laughs> a number i uh, I guess it's a I guess it's a GC. It's probably a GC. Ooh, it's probably going a four on ten. But it's. Alrighty. I'll say this though. Four on ten. Now four is no. I think it's a five. I, I yeah. I think it's a five because it's not. 
uh, how do I say this? It's I know it's not a piece of shit. It's just nothing that I ever wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to try watching it again. <laughs> I know that. Um, and it was unpleasant. <laughs> like, you know, the, oh, and then the, the other thing about this too is that it, it's an NC-17 movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's been some some talk of like, oh, it shouldn't be NC-17 or it should. Look, the the the, the NC-17 portion, I'm not going to say who it is, but there's a scene where she's blowing a dude, okay? And it, it is, you don't see anything, but you kind of do. And it's the thing where I, I could see a ratings board looking at that and just being like, you can't fucking put that on screen. You know, <laughs> like, I get it. It makes sense that it's <laughs> NC-17 to me, but, you know, what do I know? So I'm honestly, I'm going to be very intrigued to hear what you think of this movie. Cause I, I just don't, I don't, I honestly don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. I guess I would give it a five, but I'm not <laughs> recommending it to anybody. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, Lovely. all right. Whew, glad to have that off my plate now. <laughs> oh shit. All right. So I think the rest we're on, we're on both, but you've seen some that I haven't, right? Yep. So what do you I mean? I've got Terrifier 2, I've got Amsterdam, I've got Bros, I believe, that you've not. Alright, so. let's take let's take them alphabetically. Okay. So bro. Oh Amsterdam, you're right. Alright. Jesus Christ, come on, hey, man. That was a lay. I've had a few drinks. Uh Amsterdam. <laughs> Amsterdam is uh David Owen Russell's new uh directorial feature. He wrote and directed this. Uh this might be like the biggest ensemble cast in the history of fucking ensemble casts. It's fucking insane. Um, I'm just going to read down the IMDb. Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Andrea Riseborough, Chris Rock, Anya Taylor-Joy, Matthias Schoenarts, Mike Myers, Michael Shannon, Taylor Swift, Timothy Alamont, Rami Malek, Zoe Saldana, Robert De Niro. Uh, the list just keeps going. It's a, it's a fucking who's who. Uh, this movie is set in the 30s. Um, Christian Bale, John David Washington were, uh, they met in World War One, and they become great friends over that, and, uh, Margot Robbie is the nurse who, uh, helps them with their injuries, essentially, and then they okay. become a, uh, it's like a, it's not a sexual relationship, essentially, between the three of them, but it's like a partnership that they form, uh, okay. they, they meet in Amsterdam, and they uh, they become like just three like inseparable together, and eventually this story picks up ten years after they meet. And Christian Bale is like a doctor who has fallen on hard times. He's really fallen out of like high society. He he was a doctor in the military who has a glass eye now because of the war, and he's really struggling to uh, put shit back together. And so he re reunites with the th- the the other two who okay you see this movie dude this movie jumps all over the fucking place mm. if i'm i'm sound I'm, I'm gonna sound a little uh uh all over the place because this movie is really all over the place um okay. and so it really fall the, the center of this movie follows these three characters and now the, the list of cast members i i rattled off at the beginning of this uh they all come into play at a certain point and that is uh probably to a detriment of this movie uh, there's just way too many fucking characters. Um, okay. This movie is getting absolutely railed by the critics right now. If you haven't seen anything about it, um, what is it? I'm gonna look at the the IMDb. It is uh, where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at on the IMDb? Six point one on IMDb. Ooh, a, a, a lovely thirty three percent. 
uh, for the critics and 59 for the audience. Wow. Um, see, I don't, I don't know if I agree necessarily with that. Like, I don't think it's fucking atrocious. Like everyone's saying this movie is, I think a lot of this is, uh, a lot of people want David or Russell canceled. Um, okay. it's been kind of a thing for a while now. Uh, he did something with his trans niece. You can look oh. that up. I'm not getting into that shit. Uh, a lot of other well, things. Plus, you know, he was a he was a huge dickhead to Lily Tomlin on set back in the day. Yep. I remember that video coming. Oh out yeah, I heard Huckabee's. Yeah. Yep. Well, Christian Bale just came out in like a Rolling Stone interview saying that he had to separate him and Amy Adams on uh, American Hustle as well. So yeah, he's very uh, yeah. There's a long history of David O. Russell and his castmates getting into it and shit. So how you feel about him? I guess you can you know keep that at the door. But I've seen a lot of reviews and stuff about this that have mentioned that in the review so it's that you can okay. take that for what it's worth it's not even mentioning this movie for what it is it's the director they want to hate it for what yeah for all that is this yeah. movie's not great i'm not i'm not defending this movie like it's in a fucking amazing movie but i had a decent enough time with it it's it's very very aimless um and like i said it definitely suffers from way too many characters like you're, you're definitely like who is that again what why are they here what's going on um this movie's based around uh, majority of it, it says that most of this happened. It's it's based on the plot, uh, the business plot of 1933, which was essentially a um, a way to uh, underthrow, overthrow the the Roosevelt administration. Okay. Um. So they throw that in here as well, but I'm not gonna like. It's not political. It it doesn't. This is not a political thriller by any means. It's like a a screwball comedy noir at a certain point. Uh, okay. Very wacky characters. Uh, all the performances are pretty good, but at the end of the day, you're just kind of like, why, 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 why did we sit through two hours and ten minutes of this? Um, I, I thought it was worth watching at least. I, I didn't hate it by any means. The um, there's there's a certain scene in this movie that happens to a certain pop star that's worth watching. I think for this movie alone, for me, uh, it kind of justify the whole movie. So I was gonna ask the the only thing that I've heard about this is that there's probably going to be some sort of gif when this movie comes out oh. revolving around her <laughs> yep yep okay i can't imagine they're not being i can't imagine they're not being and you'll All know right. instantly uh, right. the plot the whole movie is pretty much based around that um but yeah the, i think this movie's fine it's getting completely railed and i'm probably in the minority but this would probably be like a six if if I'm if I'm ranking, I wouldn't I wouldn't watch this movie again. But it's it's really hard to not to put Christian Bale and Margot Robbie in your movie and they not deliver great performances because they're great actors. Um, and I liked both of them a lot. And I like Anya Taylor Joy. I like a, a lot of this cast, but it, it does feel pretty pointless and it's not coherent a lot of the time. It's it's jumping times. It's jumping genres. It's 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 really kind of a mess for for to say the least. But that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy because this—it's like you said—the cast is so good for this movie and you insane. Know, yeah, I mean, you know, granted, the last couple months it's been pretty much in front of every single movie that I've seen. Uh, sure, I've gone to the theater, so I've probably seen the trailer too much. But I love that song. I'd love to change the world, and I don't know. You can always appreciate when there's a good trailer. I thought this movie had a pretty cool trailer. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, kind of kind of disappointing to see that it's a. Uh, doa but yeah i mean it's it's yeah it's it's not going to make much money at the box office and i think it was like 80 or 90 million dollar budget for this they gave him so whew, i don't oh. know if he'll get that again but uh i mean he hasn't made a movie since joy in 2015 um and i'm not the biggest david o russell fan like i like 
Silver Linings Playbook, fine. I actually wasn't a big fan of American Hustle. I Heart Huckabees and Three Kings I like quite a bit, but... Uh, yeah, I, Fighters, kind of... All right, it's fine. Uh, Bale's great, but... Yeah, that's funny. I, so two things there. First of all, Meg and I are in the fighter, in the Caesar's Palace scene. We're in the crowd. <laughs> we, oh, really? That's yeah, awesome. We, I, I've, I don't know that you can see us because I've actually never seen the movie. <laughs> I should really, oh, really watch it and find out. But yeah, we spent a day in like Lowell, Massachusetts at this arena with you know Mark Wahlberg and I think Amy Adams was there and one of the other actors in the movie. But um, yeah, we had to like react silently and yeah, it was kind oh, of a... Okay. Kind of an interesting day, but uh, yeah, I probably this. is probably this like the it, this is like the Alex Weatherman story. Have you ever told the story before? Uh, I don't. I feel like I probably mentioned it on a podcast once. I've but, never heard uh, this. Interesting. Oh, okay. All right, yeah, nice. yeah. So it was, it was, you know, a decent enough time. But I think we were probably so high up in the rafters that they wouldn't have seen us. But I, I don't know. Oh, okay. I got to watch the movie and, and find out. <laughs> it's like yeah, the two of us and a couple of our friends. But um, but yeah, you just rattled off a bunch of David O. Russell movies. I actually, uh, you just made me realize, I don't fucking like David O. Russell. <laughs> uh, I don't like American Hustle. I really don't like Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, didn't see Joy. I Heart Huckabees was, I don't know, just kind of a waste of time. Three Kings I watched last year. I didn't really like that either. So, uh, no. yeah, I guess I'm not I'm not into the guy, and he seems like a dickhead. So, uh, yeah, I should really yeah, remember that when his next movie comes out. <laughs> <laughs> you're like in Amsterdam, not watching that shit. Yeah, I okay. I get it. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, that's too bad. I, you know, looks like a good trailer. Obviously, I like pretty much everybody on that cast. But uh, oh well, swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. Yep. Okay, so let's get the bros. Bros. Oh this man, is... you know what? I, let me just say this up front: I did not see this movie in theaters, and I apologize to Billy Eichner for that. So sorry. <laughs> is it because you're straight? Is that why? It is. That's exactly it? why I didn't go see it because I'm I'm a straight white male. <laughs> You fucking straight cis white male, god damn it! Um, uh, of course, I didn't see anything else in the theater either, but I, I specifically didn't see that because I'm a straight <laughs> cis white male. That's 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 the reason. So we can talk for hours about uh, why this movie only made like four point eight million dollars at the box office last weekend. We could say it's uh, because comedies don't go uh, theatrical really anymore. Uh, yeah. They just they did they, they go streaming for the most part. Um, this is directed and written by Nicholas Stoller. And Billy Eichner. Stoller's the only director, but Stoller's done so many Judd Apatow comedies, forgetting Sarah Marshall, Get Into the Greek, sure. uh, both Neighbors movies. Um, this is being sold, as you know, yeah, the first openly LGBTQ plus majority cast in this movie. Uh, and I think that's probably where this movie went wrong in the marketing. Because it's like, just market this as a fucking comedy. Like, I feel like a lot of, yeah, we live in a weird-ass time in a weird-ass country. They're like, oh, fuck that. Yeah, I'm, there's a certain part of this country that's not going to give this movie the time of day because of what it's about. But it's not like this movie's trying to sugarcoat what it's about. It's fucking, it's a, it's a romantic comedy about a gay couple. It's pretty much what yeah. it is. This movie is about the lives of these characters, and they just so happen to be gay. It's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it kind of is what it is. Sure. Um Comedies are extremely subjective, man. Uh, probably, obviously, the most subjective genre. If you don't find something funny, you're not going to think it's funny. Uh, and I know Billy Eichner is a very uh, divisive comedian in that aspect. Uh, I know a lot of people hate him, yeah, but if you like Billy Eichner, you're probably going to like this movie. Okay. Uh, I am a huge Billy on the Street fan. I really like Billy Eichner. Uh, I think he's really funny. And uh, I like him on Parks and Rec as well. I think he's a pretty funny character on that. 
Therefore, I think this movie's pretty funny. I liked this movie quite a bit. Excellent. Uh, that said, it is a Judd Apatow movie, which that alone means it's about 15 to 20 minutes too long. Yeah. <laughs> it's an hour and 55 minutes as a romantic comedy. Does not need to be that. Uh, it, uh... <sighs> I'm trying to think. Eichner plays himself to a T. Like, it... <sighs> He's he's almost playing the character you th- expect him to play, but I think okay. he gives a little bit more depth to the character than just that. Uh, he's a little bit more... For- he, he, like I said, he co-wrote the script, so he's uh, obviously probably putting a lot of himself in this movie. Uh, his uh, his, par- uh, his his boyfriend in this movie, Luke McFarlane, not a great actor, and you can definitely see that in this movie a lot. He, he doesn't necessarily sink the ship, but okay. he doesn't... Uh, I don't Does I do anything to keep it floating, you're saying? Correct, correct, correct. Okay. Um, the, I think the end of this movie gets a little bit too cliche in that rom-com kind of uh, feel. And uh, it, it, it just kind of, uh, you really kind of understand what's going to happen. I mean, it's it's not anything you're not expecting with a romantic comedy at that point. But I, uh, I had a majority good time with this. I'm going to give this, I'm going to give it a soft seven. Okay. Uh, Pretty funny though. If you like Billy Eichner, I think you're gonna like this for the most part. Like I said, all right. But, uh, yeah, it's I definitely where, like where him. I land. Yeah. yeah, it's where I land. Uh, I don't know if there's really much else you could say about that. It, it, it's it's a comedy. If you like him, you're probably gonna like it. If not, you're probably not going to, and you're gonna say fuck off. So, what do you think it is about Apatow that you know when he's making, let's say, documentaries about dead comedians, he he really nails it. But when he makes, you know, just like a story. <laughs> Or produces a movie, uh, somehow he can't get the length correct. Like what? What is well, that? But see, I don't think that was the case until what? I, I mean, I love Forty Year Old Virgin. I love Knocked Up, Super Bad. Uh, I mean, he went on a run. Pineapple Express produced all those, and I love all those. I don't think any of those are overly long. And then it's did this is forty? Is that when it started? I, no, funny people, uh, I mean, funny people, funny people. Honestly, dude, for me, it starts at Knocked Up. Like Knocked really? Up to me. So I don't know if uh, you must have had the DVD back in the day that that had like this oh, legendary fucking I've got the blockbuster DVD. DVD. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, nope. the second disc of that movie, it, it just you see the outtakes and the shit that they left on the cutting room floor, and you're just like, dude, this is a better movie than Knocked Up. Like, like why? <laughs> why was this all cut out? And they left a bunch of weepy bullshit with Catherine Heigl, who's <laughs> ungrateful for the fucking role she was given. Like, fuck, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. For me, it started there. You're right. Pineapple Express is great. Super Bad's great. You know, no problems there. But like, yeah, I don't. I don't get it. It's weird. Yeah, it's he doesn't know how to end his movies, and I never even watched that fucking pandemic movie that he put on Netflix. I I probably won't ever. I have no desire. Yeah, I didn't bother. I don't even remember what it was called. But yeah, I I don't know. He just can't wrap this shit up. He can't. Can't. he wants to give it like five endings, and you're like, "I got it, I got it. We don't, we don't need it. It's, a, it's a comedy." Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's weird though, but it, I mean, it's it's so true. It's it's sad that it's become the stigma, but it's very accurate. That's the sad part about it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a little tough. But uh, yeah, I, I like the bros though. I think I mean, if you like Eichner, I think you'll you'll have a good time with it. Um, a little too long though. So, all right, and I guess the last one uh, that you haven't, and then I'm I'm gonna do this review. And I have to pee again, Jack. I'm not gonna lie. So, oh, all right, um, we could we could we could double up on the pee break. All right. Well, I can do this review, and then we can we can jump to that. So, all right. Sounds um, good. Terrifier two. All right. You, you, have you seen Terrifier one? 
I haven't. I have no awareness of this character uh, at all. But I, I found out uh, that this is like the third thing he's appeared in. So can you give, give me a little background on this guy? Okay. So yeah, this he he first, Art the Clown. He first appeared in All Hallows Eve. Was a short from uh, Damien Leone, who wrote and directed this movie as well. And then uh, 2016, I believe, is when the original Terrifier came out. It is a very brutal, uh, sadistic, uh, sadistic, is that a, sadistic. is that a word? No. Sadistic. Oh, Jesus. Uh, sadistic. You're distic, dude. You're distic. Um, <laughs> he's just a fucking psycho killer clown that will murder you, cut your limbs off and then play with your limbs. He is a, uh, he's just a motherfucker, man. And uh, that movie is like an hour and 20 minutes, and uh, it has a really big cult following. And uh, there's a, for one really particular kill scene in that movie, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but uh, it involves a woman hung upside down, and I'll leave it at that. Oh, boy. And uh, yeah, very, very violent uh, kill scene that has gotten a lot of acclaim and this movie kind of comes out. I think it was really supposed to come out last year. Um, but we're here we are in 2022. It's getting a semi wide theatrical release, 800 plus theaters. Um, this is brought to you by, uh, like bloody disgusting, the website and Cinedime. And they are, uh, it's same writer, director, Damien Leone, um, arts back in this movie. So I'm going to say, I said the first movie is an hour and 20, this movie is a slasher movie that is two hours and 18 minutes. Holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> Insane, right? I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think if there's been a slasher movie that's been this long. It's, I mean, none of the Friday the 13th, none of these other like 80s, they're all like hour 20, hour 30. Yeah. This thing's fucking long as shit. Um, and like I said, this is like very, some of the more brutal kills I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, he, he's just a very sadistic, supernatural fucking clown that uh, haunts these kids. So th- this movie picks up however many years after the first, and he's uh, he's haunting a uh, a girl and her little brother who seems to be obsessed with him. The, the lore of this town of this art, the clown, is he he's been gone for six years and. Uh, they don't know if he's coming back. It's Halloween, so he, there's like this mythology around him, and he had all these killings and shit. And so he comes back and just starts fucking with everyone. And there's a lot of like dreamlike sequences. Mm. Uh, this movie more so builds on the mythology of him because, like I said, this movie's like gotten a really big cult following. Um, the makeup and practical effects in this movie are all very '80s esque, uh, very very much early '90s, late '80s slasher. And uh, like I said, the kills are fucking crazy, brutal. Uh, it just amps it up even more so in this movie. And uh, if this is your, I don't, I'm not gonna convince anyone to watch this movie that's not uh, already like a diehard fan or a horror fan of this. But if you're uh, a big slasher fan, and it's tis the season, as we said at the beginning of this podcast, it's it's crazy violent. Uh, they don't hold any punches in this thing. I mean, he's just just murder, like murdering tons of people in this movie it's fucking it's pretty wild very very b movie level acting i'm not it's you kind of know what you're getting going into this movie yeah um but it's it's hyper violent it made like four hundred thousand dollars last night 
which is pretty damn good for this type of movie uh, at 800 screens, which if in comparison, this movie was on 830-something screens last night. Amsterdam was on 3,000, and it only made 150,000 less than Amsterdam. Wow. So David, David O, ugh, not, not going great. But, uh, yeah, if, if you're a fan of slasher movies, fan of just crazy violent movies, then uh, you're going to be on board with this. I think it's pretty cool. He's a pretty cool horror character, though, for sure. Yeah, the, the the guy who plays him is David Howard Thornton. He's like a theater actor. Um, yeah, I think I think Lance and the horror guys maybe interviewed this this team a few years ago, possibly. Oh, all right, all right. So yeah, horror returns. There you guys, a little plug for those guys. Yeah, very nice. Um, they might get yeah. another plug later on. Stay tuned. Oh, oh, oh. there you go. But uh, yeah, that's where I, uh, terrified. I guess I'm gonna get. I don't know. I uh, this uh, this isn't necessarily my type of like horror. I, I don't love just torture porn fucking crazy violent flashers but uh, it's fun enough cool character i'll give this another like six give this a six okay man i i gotta say i didn't know so so again like a a little bit of awareness of this uh, just from like the last couple of days but i'm kind of intrigued i think i'm gonna check out the first one and then yeah we'll see i've got a free afternoon tomorrow so i might might get over to the theater and check this out um nice but yeah, 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 it's it's very very brutal. <laughs> All right, real kills. <laughs> Good to know. So I should eat beforehand, is what you're saying? Or... <laughs> yeah, probably, maybe. All right. Hmm. All right. Good. <laughs> All right. Nice. All right. Can we do a pee rig before we get to these last few? Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and hit that again. All right. I'm just I'm just gonna play the same sounder because I'm lazy. So here we go. Hell yeah. Hold your little bladder. The show will fucking resume soon. Stands up, little. Seal is really bad with vodka and beer too. You know I need a pee break soon. So come on, Jim Law. Come on, Peter. I don't want to piss on the floor. I'm the one who wants a pee break soon. Deep inside, I know you need one too. Waited since the start of your wanted to take a pee break soon. I'm the one who took a surprise poo. I took a poo. Didn't need one roll. I needed to. I fucking needed to. Waited for some more to exit through. Oh, just wanted to that pee break sounder uh I feel like it doesn't get played enough um, i'm just a i'm a big fan so um that is obviously a riff on a song from mr big called to be with you um this is a little bit of a convoluted story but there's a guitarist named paul gilbert now back in the day you know i, I play a little guitar uh back in the day i remember seeing a youtube video of mr big playing this song live and 
their guitarist playing acoustic and him just doing these like really annoying looking flourishes on stage. I remember seeing him just like, fuck that guy. What a dweeb, you know? Um, turns out it's this Paul Gilbert guy who I found years later as this like slasher sort of thrash speed metal player who was in Mr. Big because they needed a guitarist and he was a studio guitarist. But his actual play style is like Eric Johnson, Yingve Malmsteen kind of shit. Um, so cut to like two, three months ago, I come across a YouTube video of him playing to be with you, uh, live on electric guitar with all of the phrasing being done on notes on the electric and it's sick as fuck. So I started learning it. So I I can actually play like half of that. I'm still working on some of the, uh, the, uh, 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 like the bridge sections and stuff, but uh, it's a very cool song to play on solo electric guitar. Uh, it's good shit. So, going back right. to the middle of then. It's, it's enough. It's enough guitar oh, roundup. For I was letting. Roundup. I was letting you riff. Okay. Yeah. It's enough guitar roundup for today. All right. Uh, <laughs> so we collectively watched a couple of things. Uh, so let's start with uh, Hellraiser. And the reason why I want to start with Hellraiser is because I will be appearing on the Horror Returns this coming week. Uh, so we're recording early next week. Uh, show drops soon thereafter, but we're actually covering the OG Hellraiser and this remake Hellraiser. Ooh, so, very nice. Okay. I want to hear your thoughts on this. I will throw down a rating as is custom, but I think I'm going to save most of my thoughts for the Horror Returns boys. So I don't want to get too deep Perfect. in the woods on my end. But uh, but yeah, so give it, set the table a little bit here. Are you a, are you a Pinhead fan? <laughs> okay, so... Starting off, no. <laughs> I am a, I'm a huge horror fan, and uh, I, I'm going to be honest. I've not seen past Hellraiser two ever. Okay. Uh, just it, it never really resonated with me much. Uh, resonate, God, I can't talk. Resonated with me Jesus. much, Jesus. Ugh. He, um, I'm not a big Clive Barker guy. I'm not a huge Nightbreed fan either. Uh, okay. I, I just, I just not, not, not necessarily my type of horror. Uh, that said, I did go back and rewatch the original Hellraiser this week in preparation for this, and I had a little bit more of an appreciation for it than I originally, uh, had, because I, I, he's just never been, Pinhead and, and Hellraiser has never been one of those franchises for me, as opposed to Halloween, you know, Nightmare on the Street, Friday the 13th, all those, this is kind of just like the back burner, I don't know, it's just always been there for me. So, going into this, I did have a little bit of expectations because David Bruckner is the director of this, who uh, did The Night House a couple years ago, which I like most of that movie, but not quite all of it. Uh, The Ritual came out a few years before that, and I actually do like that movie quite a bit. And then he's done segments in Southbound and VHS. But this is also the writers of uh, Super Dark Times, who they also co-wrote The Night House last year. Um... And Super Dark Times is another one of those horror movies that I like half of it, but I don't quite like all of it. So I think these guys have a lot of potential. And so going into this, I I had some semi-expectations and everybody seemed to be fucking raving about this movie. I think it premiered at Fantastic Fest as well with uh, Werewolf by Night, which we're going to be talking about later. Um, So yeah, going going into this, this is uh, just a whole reimagining of... Clive Barker's original book, what was it, uh, Heart, what is it called even, fucking Hellbound Heart, right, I think? Uh, that's Hellbound right, Heart, yeah. I think. Yeah, so it's like a total reimagining. It's not, I think this is the 11th Hellraiser movie I read, like, just 
kind of wild. It's three theatrical, and then they all went to straight to VHS and all these other streaming and DVD throughout the the course of this franchise. Yeah, there's a ton uh, of them. So many, and yeah, there's no way I would ever keep track and keep up. But uh, yeah, the, the cast here we've got Odessa Azion, who is uh, actually Pamela Adlin's daughter. I didn't even realize that until oh, after the movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and Jamie Clayton is playing the priest, aka Pinhead. And really, the rest of the cast, I've never really seen them in anything outside of Goran uh, Viznik, who's played Void. But uh, uh, Riley is a recovering... She's an addict who is staying with her brother, who is constantly fucking up, and her brother is still trying to watch out for her. And uh, she eventually comes into contact with this puzzle box, which, if you know anything about Hellraiser, that's going to summon Pinhead and the rest of the Cenobites. Uh, I'll just leave the fucking plot synopsis at that. Yep. Um, yeah, man, I, I I did have some expectations going into this, but unfortunately, I didn't, didn't really connect and uh, like this movie as much as I wanted to. Um, I think the characters are pretty weak overall and I don't think it helps. I don't know. I kind of equate it to like the 2013 evil dead reboot, uh, kind of did the same thing. It played with addiction, uh, character with addiction, but I at least kind of rooted for that character. Um, I think Odessa is a pretty good actress in this. She does a pretty good job, but like they don't make her very redeeming in this. And so therefore I think that kind of trickles down to the rest of the cast and the characters in this which kind of, uh, you don't really care about them too much, mm-hmm. which definitely felt, uh, left me feeling a little cold. It just kind of felt a little generic. It almost feels like, I thought this was like a Silent Hill or a Resident Evil movie, as opposed to like a oh, Hellraiser movie. Interesting. So it's like, right. uh, it feels very like a cosmic sci-fi horror movie. Um, maybe a little, yeah, maybe a little uh, um, fucking Lovecraft Lovecraftian. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I think uh, Pinhead is a pretty... Like, uh, Jamie Clayton as Pinhead, I think, is pretty decent in this movie. It's just a different, obviously, take than what Doug Jones... Or not Doug Jones. Doug Bradley's uh, uh, Pinhead is. And yeah. so for that, uh, yeah, I just I just didn't quite connect, and I just felt a little generic, uh, unfortunately, kind of where I landed with this. Yeah, I mean... Um, you know, not again. I'm not going to go too deep into details just because uh, you know I'm, I'm reserving uh, reserving full thoughts for uh, for for Lance and the boys. But um, I, you know, it's funny. I, I did the same thing you did. I watched the original and then I watched the new one. Um, and I'm like you. You know, Hellraiser has never resonated with me, and I've never had. Uh, any kind of desire to watch any of the sequels. I've only ever seen the first one. Um, rewatching it kind of reminded me of, of, well, two things. One, uh, you know, it's always good to go and revisit movies because sometimes they're a little bit better than you remembered. And that was the case with this movie. I, I mm-hmm. Maybe it was the version that I saw, but I remember this being like very, very just cheesy, low budget, dubbed audio, couldn't get into yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. And, and those things are, are true, but I think that the movie, you know, the original movie also has a couple things going for it. And, you know, it has some interesting stuff. Um, but ultimately, I think the thing that I like most about the remake over the original is the lore and the world building. Um, yeah. I have no real inclination or clue as to what the fuck 
is going on in the first one on like any level like like what are the rules um why is frank kind of escaping the cenobites in the first place like (laughs) yeah like what are the mechanics of all that stuff i thought that this movie did a much better job of like here's what is happening here's why it's happening here are the circumstances here are the rules and here's what the characters have to do in order to resolve the story you know um that to me was like a huge step up from the original so yeah um you know that that was great I really liked the Cenobite design in this movie. Um, and I liked the, the cosmic stuff. Um, yep. it, it just felt more like, you know, okay, going the, you're going in this direction and you're you're doing the legwork in the script to, like, make me understand why. So I, I, I dug all that. Um, nice. But, yeah, uh, you know, trying to bite my tongue here because i don't want <laughs> no, to no, say too point. much but um <laughs> i think I, I will say this based on what you said i think i liked this movie quite a bit more than you did i, I will say yeah. that um i think it worked for me in a way that the original never has and i'm very excited to see a sequel with the same team um i i don't think that you're wrong with, with the characters uh i think they are pretty weak um but I think that the way this movie looks and feels, the Cenobite design and the ultimate mechanics of like explaining what the box does, how it works, why it works, all that stuff, um, it's just such a better platform to work with than the original Hellraiser was. I, mm-hmm. I just think it does a lot of really good groundwork for potentially, you know, making future Hellraiser movies. Fair. Yeah, yeah I could definitely see that. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. Where, do right, well, uh, where do you land? Where do you number wise? Number eight. I mean, I, I I'm very comfortable with a seven on this. Um, I, in fact, I kind of want to watch it again. Uh, I, I liked it enough to maybe throw it on one more time. So, um, yeah, there's something about it that I, I I don't know. I just I I, I was on its vibe. I'm not really sure why. I'm not sure what that says about me as a person. <laughs> no, 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 dude, everybody's loving it, man. Like you're, you're. Yeah. I think you're in the the majority here for sure. I just, yeah. I just didn't quite. Uh, I, I don't know. This, this is. I guess maybe it's the the mythology, the story of this, just doesn't quite do it for me. I, I, I same thing with the, the originals. I, feel, I, just, I it just doesn't doesn't quite resonate with me. So I, I'm gonna give this a five on Oof. ten, but. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's like awful though. I just, mm. I just think the characters are, I don't know. There's, there's completely. I, I don't want. I, I want Pinhead to win. I guess maybe that's the point. Maybe you should want him to win, but mm. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of where I feel. I got you. I got you. So, right. uh, yeah. All right. All right. Well, oh god. Fair enough. We got, we got two left. All right. So I'm, I, I kind of want to lead the conversation on Hocus Pocus two here because oh, please do, please do. I, so here's the thing about this movie. Okay, I don't really give a shit about the original, but you know, every woman in my life swears by it. Um, I would say Meg does Meg love it? Loves it, loves it. She actually had a watch party uh, last weekend. With <laughs> both of, both of our moms came over and they made dinner and they watched Hocus Pocus oh, two. Wow. Okay. Yep. Had a great time. Um, <laughs> what were you I, doing during this time? Just in the other room. Yeah, I was in the other room watching. Uh, I think. I, oh, you know what? I watched broadcast news for the first time. Uh, seven on ten, solid uh, James L. Brooks movie. Um, nice. But uh, but yeah. So the reason I watched Hocus Pocus two when it dropped is because the entire movie was shot in my backyard, and I was actually on set twice for this movie. 
Um, uh, so um. I had to watch this because it's fucking it's all over Rhode Island. Um, mm-hmm. So whenever they're in Salem, they're actually in a section of Providence called Fox Point, where my buddy used to live. And during the filming of Hocus Pocus, we would fucking walk the dog at night, and they would be filming scenes like, um, you know, the the uh, the scene in the garage with the uh, circle of salt and the Roombas. Um, uh-huh. We were on set when they were filming that. We didn't see them, but that house and that block and the trolley in the middle of the street, we were standing like right next to all of it while they were filming pickup shots for it. Um, oh, nice. That's yeah. Cool. Uh, the was it they go into either a Walgreens or a CVS that's in Newport, uh, right around the corner from that sort of town square where they're dancing on stage. That's also in Newport. So, okay. um, the old town at the beginning of the movie was actually right down the street from mine and Meg's old apartment in Lincoln, Rhode Island. So, literally all over the state, I knew everywhere that this movie was shot. So, um, I just wanted to watch it for that alone. Um, but was it worth watching? <laughs> uh, I mean... Uh, okay, so the legacy so, sequels, right? Yeah, so where do, you, where do you land with the original Hocus Pocus? I mean, it's like a five. It's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never given a shit about it one way or another. Um, sure. I, I like that it's a gateway horror movie for like my nieces. You know, that's a great yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah. Okay, but, it came out when we were four originally. Uh, yeah, so 90, 93, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got nothing. I've got no nostalgia for it. I don't care about it. Um, th- this is kind of a weird thing. So when I was younger, you know, my parents were divorced. My mom used to love watching the first Wives Club. And the first Wives Club has Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker in it. And for whatever reason, I just remember that VHS tape and the Hocus Pocus VHS tape always being on around, like, October. Like, Mom would just watch these movies incessantly. So they just became movies that I kind of knew by heart through osmosis. Like, I didn't even have to be in the room watching them because I would just hear them in the next room. And, like, for whatever reason, I just know these two fucking movies, you know? Um I, I don't know. It, it it seems like a fine movie for a certain type of person. I'm just not that person. So, um, you know, the fact it that is. this movie opens and it, it, I don't know, they're like, they're trying to like sympathize with child murderers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Super fucking weird. Um, oh, yeah. God. I, yeah. I mean, do you care about the first one at all? Okay, so yeah, I mean... Uh, I remember seeing the first one as a child growing up. So it, it, uh, I wouldn't say it plays on the nostalgia factor, but I, I grew to like it as a kid and like okay. just growing up with it in the background. As an adult, though, it is an objectively bad movie. It's not a good movie. Hocus Pocus is not a good movie. Like you can have all the nostalgia for it you want. I feel like it's like a, I'm going to piss people off, but like a Goonies or something of that, you know, those type of like you grow up with it and, uh, it just, yeah, it doesn't resonate as an adult. Like, if you yeah. watch this for the first time. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I knew going into this, I had no expectations at all. Um, and, yeah, this felt like a fucking, just a straight Disney Channel original movie. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. very much so, man. I feel like all the budget went to bringing back Bette Midler and Sergis Parker and that whole cast, Doug Jones. Um, 
and yeah i mean yeah like exactly like you said i i i watched this with a buddy and his wife and uh I was like, oh, they're making the witches uh, the good guys. They're fucking sympathetic. Oh, they're like, what the fuck? What are we doing here? <laughs> like, why are yeah. we We're trying to make them? The, yeah. I, no, I, I was not a fan of this <laughs> in the slightest. Yeah. I, I've, I heard of so many people doing watch parties. Though, like you said, though, man, I think Disney really fucking missed the boat. They could have put this in theaters and made at least like 40 million opening weekend. Right. I mean, this has such a diehard fan base behind it, regardless how shitty the movie is and the quality of it. I feel like they could have yeah. made money at the theater for sure. Um, it's it's crazy. You know, and it, I don't know. I'm sure that we, as, I don't know, <laughs> you, you and I are the same age. I'm sure we've got a movie that we both know is shitty, but, like, we fucking love it anyways. And I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, we'd get our friends together and watch it. Like, I know that's a thing. Definitely, yeah. There, I, maybe there are less of them for... for for say like my my wife you know so so I, I i totally can appreciate and respect oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah you know being a fan and just like yeah you know this is this is childhood this is nostalgia this is all that stuff i don't have any of that baggage though so coming into this it's just all right let me see my fucking home state let me see if i'm in the movie which i'm not um and then other than that it's kind of like all right uh maybe sam richardson gives me a little something here maybe doug jones but not really so um yeah, just yeah. there are better options for for which movies. This is yeah, for one. sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is a four. This is, a, this is a GC for me. Uh, unfortunately, oh, that's, that's, that's generous, dude. I'm going a three <laughs> on ten. Okay, well, yeah, all right. <laughs> I didn't realize you loved Hocus Pocus two so much, dog. God, you know, it's going to be a regular repeat, regular viewing in Halloween for me. Always. Well, the thing is, only I just want the witches to be good. You know, they're bad, but they're, they eat children and kill them. But I want them to be good. Be I, good I mean, you know. So few talents out there have a voice like Bette Midler's. I understand <laughs> why you're such a fan. So true. Oh, I mean, God. Sarah Jessica Parker's also just oof, oh, top of know. the line, top of the oh, line looker. It's, it's, it, that, that, that's a that's a rib roast right there. That's she doesn't awesome. look like the bottom of my shoe. Oh, sorry, that was me. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Um, harsh, harsh. So Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by yes. Night. Is it the last one? Right. It is. It is. Um. So. Uh, so I, I knew that something was coming out with this character like a year ago because I think it might've been Kevin Smith. He, he was on a podcast if it was him or if it was maybe another YouTuber, but, uh, it was somebody connected to Marvel and they said that they had pitched an idea involving werewolf by night. And that at the pitch meeting, they said, Werewolf by Night's off the table. He's, you know, we're, we're going to be doing something with that character. So I knew something was in the pipeline. Um, didn't know what it would be. Uh, I'm not going to bury the lead at all. I, I, I had a blast with this. <laughs> like, I, I thought it was fucking awesome. Um, it's exactly oh. what I want Marvel to do. Uh, yeah. Do something different. Uh, just, just, just do it. You can. You have a streaming service you can put it out on. If it fails, whatever, but, like, take the shot, you know? Um, I think they did it with She-Hulk. I think they did it a big way with Werewolf by Night. But what what was your uh, what was your take on this? Yeah, I think Dan put it in the, the Discord chat. I, I 100% agree. This might be my favorite, like, Marvel one-off or whatever they've ever done. It was fucking awesome. I mean, it, it felt... 
um universal horror months monster absolutely it felt like it's kind of own thing the score was great it was a fucking 52 minute little special uh yeah dude, i really really dug this man i uh, yeah i hope they do one of these horror uh things every year like this like a one-off I, I, yeah i thought it was fantastic I mean, Giacchino, the fucking you know no man the famous composer yeah i mean uh, yeah I, I really really thought this was fun all, all around like the characters were fun uh yeah, I mean, I have nothing negative to say about this at all. Yeah, you know, I think I said it a couple of times now on the uh, Dragon commentaries, but I thought that they had a real, and they still have a real opportunity to just do, like, the world of Ice and Fire, right? And do maybe one season of this story in their history and one season of another story. Like, not all Targaryens. Like, do other stories in the lore, you know? And make it, like, a true anthology uh, series of, of different seasons of, of stories, right? Because um, oh. the MCU is building this one continuous thing, right? But another way to do that would just be to like kind of spread out and say like, okay, do it almost the way that Star Trek does, where, uh, yeah, Kirk, it starts with Kirk and Spock, but then they go to Next Gen, then they go to Voyager, then they go to Deep Space Nine, you know, it's, and they keep it in the world, but the franchise is allowed like breathing room, you know? Um, yep. I wish they would do that with, with all of Martin's stuff. Um, but it seems like Marvel has maybe figured out, oh, uh, we could also be doing this. Like, not every single piece of IP needs to connect to the next one, you know? Um, and, yeah, I just hope this starts a trend of Halloween drops every year from Marvel. Special presentations on the holidays or, or whatever, you know? Um yeah, dude, the music was great. The cinematography was awesome. Like, you know, cigarette burns and all that shit popping up. Um, the, uh, I don't know, what's, is there anything to spoil here? I mean, it's pretty straightforward, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he's in the trailer, but, like, the creature that's in this uh, is pretty cool. I think used very well. Um I don't have a complaint, dude. <laughs> really? No, I, 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 I was just like, I was super fucking into this. I thought it was just the, like the best thing I've seen in, in a couple of months. Uh, yeah. 52 minutes, just quick, tight. Yeah. That was a cool yeah. story. That, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I have, I have nothing negative to say about this whatsoever. Really, really dug it all around. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, perfect, just... perfect Halloween watch, too. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, it's, uh, dude, this, I think this is going to be on my, my regular Halloween rotation going forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. How, how could it not be? You know, it's just like sure. perfect, self contained. Um, God, I, I got to tell you, the thing I loved most about it was the fact that, like, it didn't carry any additional baggage and it didn't force you to, like, look for the next thing coming or whatever. You know, it's just like, ah, man, it was awesome. It was just refreshing, you know? Uh,. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Fuck. Yeah. All right. I'm just gonna lay it down. I, I give this a nine on ten. I loved it. I did. I, I'm actually as soon as we're done recording, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna watch it again. <laughs> it was it was I'll, that I'll... awesome. I mean, I don't know if it's like yeah. the best thing I've ever seen or any, but it just like it felt awesome, awesome to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll give it a strong eight. I don't know if I'm ready to go nine, but I can see it getting there for sure. Like like you said, I could see me watching this like every Halloween season. It, Super fun, yeah. I, I, I everyone. I, I watched this earlier this morning, and I was like texting everyone, like, "Watch this shit! It's one of the best things Marvel's done in a while." <laughs> like, yeah, it's fucking awesome. So, um, yeah, really, really fun. Oh man! All right, fucking a. Uh, I feel like we 
rapid fired a ton of reviews, but oh yeah, man, we we got through a lot of stuff today. <laughs> got a lot in. It's been a while since there's been a binge cast too, right? So I mean, yeah, we covered yeah. a lot of ground. Covered a lot That's of right. ground here. Yeah, That's right. Catch That's up. Right. Yeah, you know we're uh, I know we're all kind of playing with the format, so trying to figure out some new things to do. But uh, yeah, I, it's good every once in a while get in classic binge cast. You know, in and out, real savage. So uh, oh yeah, good I shit. didn't get too drunk. Didn't get I said I said uh, sadistict a new <laughs> word. So get get with get with it, motherfucker. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'm not, I'm I'll allow it. God damn it! God damn it! But, uh, all, good. all right, well, uh, just to wrap things up, 31 Days of Commentaries are going to be continuing all throughout the month of November, so stay tuned for those. And remember, uh, up to a certain point, those will be on the free binge, and then they will be going over to the Patreon. So if you want all of them, five bucks a month, bingemedia.net, uh, sorry, patreon.com slash bingemedia. Uh, go over there, subscribe, get access to everything. Uh, bingemedia.net you can certainly visit there uh, see where all the drops are and uh, if you have like a browser based application for the podcast you can listen to them there but otherwise everything is in your standard podcast apps uh, wherever you get podcasts you can get binge media podcasts so. uh, 708-406-9546 is the phone number and fuck uh, Chad I got, I got nothing else you got anything else man? Uh, nothing my guy nothing <laughs> All right, we're getting the fuck out of here. Enjoy your week, everybody. Peace. Peace. listening to the binge media podcast network at bingemedia.net support the show by donating on patreon at patreon.com slash binge media subscribe to us on itunes follow us on twitter facebook and instagram buy some merch at bingemedia.net slash shop subscribe to our newsletter at bingemedia.net slash newsletter and don't forget i didn't stop giving hand jobs because i was good at it i stopped giving hand jobs because i was the best at it <laughs>